This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's up, everybody? Welcome to uh, another action-packed edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, anything to talk about today? Outside of the Jets-Sharks game tonight at 9.30? I think we do. Um, <laughs> the fallout continues from the weekend series between the Wild and the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, some, well, we'll just call them interesting comments on the Sportsnet panel last night that we'll revisit. You can judge for yourself on... Uh, what you think about all of that and uh the minnesota media getting into it as well today so um i thought that things might be dying down but apparently not um as the uh jets look to continue taking care of business if they have tonight against the san jose sharks um we're going to get into all of this when michael remus joins us Brandon Rewicki, Scott Billick as well. Uh, we will uh, bring in a, a great guest for uh, our uh, It Takes a Community to Play segment for Sport Manitoba a little later on. And the Jets are on the ice right now. We'll get you the uh, lines from line rushes in just a second when Remus joins me. Um, and we may, depending on how things go, um, coming out of San Jose, may even have Coach Bonus and a little player audio before we finish up at the end of the program. So uh, stick around. Not surprising that uh, we've got a big crew in right off the gate today. <laughs> um, social media has been on fire, and uh, so is the chat right off the bat. And oh, look at there, Spency Five Sensi, a Kabilis, a bunch of the lock shoppers coming in. Don't forget. If uh, you're kicking around waiting for WST to start most days at 1, jump on over to Edmonton Sports Talk. Uh, Dustin Nielsen and I chopping it up in the lock shop, talking about all the evening's games and whatnot. Uh, we just put some stuff out. You can check the CoolBet exclusives for those. Um, speaking of CoolBet, a big thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Our great friends at CoolBet Canada, Little Brown Jug, Winnip uh, the Winnipeg Jets, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, F Apparel, Wallace & Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, Sport Manitoba, along with Manitoba Liquor & Lotteries, Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, and Modern Man Barbershops. And we will get to a why not question of the day in a bit for our friends at Not Autocorp at Waverly and McGilvery. Um, Remo, anything interesting happened on the old uh, Twitter machine the last few oh, days? Let me just turn my lights on. Hold on, I'm so fired up here. I forgot to turn them, <laughs> turn them on. Get out of the dark. Come on out. I, I'm already seeing this in. Bring Russo to WST. Uh, and I had a number of people after what I tweeted out um, said, we've invited Michael Russo on a bunch of times. He's apparently a real busy guy. Uh, either that or does not want to engage mm -hmm. <laughs> in Winnipeg as the... Uh, the leader of the uh, of the media and to be honest with you we have such great conversations with jesse pierce uh we sort of stopped barking up the russo tree to uh, to get him on but um there's always a seat open if uh he would like to come on maybe before that february 20th game we'll give another crack at seeing if russo wants to come on i think after my tweet today he probably would not accept the invitation today but we'll get yeah. to russo's tweet in a minute and then everything going on in sports not remo what uh <laughs> what's well, going on with you you know last, so yesterday we did the show and the Jets just had a really big win 
Um, you know, two wins over the weekend. They went over Tampa Bay, and we were kind of focusing on that. They were, you know, t- going for the Central Division title. Uh, we're talking about Connor Hellebuck being player of the month, you know, third best points percentage in the NHL. There's so much to talk about that I really didn't want to bark down the tree of, you know, Ryan Hartman slashing Cole Perfetti in the, in the face. <laughs> you know, we kind of got there and we're like, okay, let's not talk. We've said what we needed to say, but yesterday the Sportsnet panel, everyone's tweeting at us and emailing us saying, hey, uh, did you see this? Do you want to comment on this? And it was um, Jennifer Botterell. And Carolyn Cameron versus in a grudge match versus Sam Cosentino and Jamal Mayers discussing it. And I'm kind of blown away by some of these takes. Like, have you ever heard anyone come out and say, and it was Justin Bourne and Nick Kiprios were saying too on their show, and you went after Justin Bourne saying, you know, it's cool to slash a guy in the face outside of uh, the play. I've never heard anyone say that. And you have to wonder, like, is it because it's Cole Perfetti and he looks like, a kid like if someone slashed McDavid in the face, or as you mentioned, like Mitch Marner was slashed, or some player on Montreal, or if they slashed Elias Pedersen in the face, like they're saying that this is this is okay. We can get to the clips, you can get to these clips here, but I was pretty pretty hot on uh, I guess Tuesday's show, and I had cooled off, but the takes coming out on this seem kind of insane to me, and I don't know, like am I the one? That's wrong here. I'm it's no. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't think you have received the updated copy of the code because apparently there's been some addendums added to it. And, you know, I sticking guys in the face is now actually not a not the wrong thing to do, depending on the situation. And (laughs) I, I, I can't remember at any point, any point in my life that. That sort of, uh, I mean, stick infractions and using your stick, especially to a guy's head with what we know about concussions and, and whatnot, has never been part of it. Like, you want to talk about a tough game and dropping the gloves and all that? I've got all the time in the world for it. But I'm with you. I mean, the discourse that has come out of the incident and sort of the revelation that Hartman owned it and said, well, yeah, that was, I did that because of uh, what happened to Kaprasov the day before is uh, to me, it's stunning. And it's equally stunning as to how many so-called respected people in hockey media have decided that this is a good time to say, well, I don't really mind it. You know, probably, uh, you know, he kind of deserved it. Well, maybe, maybe he didn't deserve it, but, the team deserved it. Like, the thing that pisses me the most off about all of this, Remus, is that, I mean, we're not talking eye for an eye here or even close to it. And anybody, and this was the interesting interesting thing about my discourse with uh, with Justin Bourne. I mean, his, his point was that, you know, he still likes a little bit of the old-time hockey and he likes the, the, the fact that, you know, in this sport – Guys will go to bat and will stick up for their teammates if they will, if you will, and you know gain a pound of pleasure on the other side. I responded to him. I was like, "Have you even seen what started this all?" And I sent him the clip of the incident between Brendan Dillon and Kaprasov from the game on Saturday. He responded, "Good lord, 
this is what we're talking all about? And that's why, that's why my biggest takeaway from what you're about to hear from mayors in particular uh, and Cosentino last night going at it with Jennifer Botterill is the fact that mayors, a guy that played so many games in the National Hockey League, was treating what Brendan Dillon did to Kaprasov as some sort of vicious attempt to injure and not as a play that happens 20 or 25 times in every damn NHL game. Like, to me, this is an overreaction from the Minnesota Wild that dates back to the overreaction about the Stanley Kaprasov thing last year that even Kaprizov himself said was just an unfortunate sort of accident and didn't think that Logan Stanley meant anything by it. Like, guys, guess what? This is a tough sport. There's physical contact. Sometimes guys get hurt. There's not always an attempt to take out a player. Guys get hurt. Like, Connor McDavid went into the boards and broke his collarbone. I didn't hear about a two-year path of vengeance for the Oilers getting back. Like, sometimes that happens. And to frame it as if the Jets have been out for two years to injure Kaprasov and taking him out is the most disingenuous version of the actual events. And Michael Russo of The Athletic, who has been one of the most respected voices from that company and, frankly, in the hockey media, going on his platform today to say what he said is freaking laughable right now. And I don't know how we got here. Well, I do know how we got here. Ryan Hartman took us here. Um, But, man, some of the takes have been so, so ridiculous on this. And we may as well get to this right off. This This is what Russo had to say today. Have to hand it to the Jets for airing Hartman's alleged admission publicly. Distracted everyone from the fact that for the second year in a row, they targeted Kaprasov and knocked him out of the wild lineup indefinitely. Only difference between Hartman and the Jets? He allegedly admitted it. That, I'm sorry folks, that is horseshit. Uh, He followed it up with... His, now, this is this Big J journal going, okay, just in case you don't think I'm just some unhinged fan, I'm not condoning Hartman dangerously lifting a stick into an innocent kid's teeth. I'm not condoning it. But there's a reason why the Jets publicly aired this, and we've all fallen for it, especially the professional Twitter virtue signal, s- signalers. That's rich, Michael. It's Minnesota Wild fans who are now spending money not to see Kaprasov. Um, I, I I didn't know how to handle this because that is, I mean, we've seen a lot of back and forth between Jet fans and Wild fans. Um, and as I said, my original point on all of this is that the it is one of the biggest overreactions I can ever remember. Unfortunate that Kaprasov got hurt, yeah. But to make, to even compare that to what Hartman did is, is ridiculous. And, uh, and now we're dealing with this more. And I mean, uh, listen, I, I, I've always respected Michael Russo's work. I think he's one of the hardest working best in the biz. But as I tweeted out, some unhinged wild fan has hacked Russo's account because that doesn't sound like anybody with any experience for a long time covering the National Hockey League. That sounds like a guy that is just a big fan of the Minnesota Wild and is bent that Kaprasov is out. 
Yeah, and just, you know, resetting the whole situation here. I mean, it goes back to last year. Uh, what Kaprizov has the puck and Logan Stanley, six foot seven coming after him. And Kaprizov tries to spit, turns his back to a guy coming at him. Stanley tries to adjust and is not able to and kind of trips and falls on Kaprizov. And he gets hurt and he's out for a while. Um, you know, it seemed pretty accidental. And, oh, if you look at uh, Michael Russo tweeting the quote from Kaprizov at the time last year saying, you know what, this is just a hockey play, um, you know, stuff happens. And I think it was acknowledged that there was no ill intent there. And what, later on in the year, um, who was it, Ehlers, you know, tries to hit Kaprizov in, in the corner and he's back checking. And then all of a sudden he runs into, a, you know, Ryan Hartman on a play where he doesn't even have the puck and, and Ehlers is injured for the playoffs. And then we get to, you know, last weekend. So what, Dylan has the puck in the corner and or sorry, Kaprizov has the puck in the corner and Dylan's going after him and Dylan throws one of these quote reverse hits, which is actually interference, which I've said is pretty, you know, I think pretty dirty play hitting an unsuspecting player. You look at, I don't remember Rasmus Sandin pulled one of those on Blake Wheeler uh, a couple of years ago, which I, I thought was you know, pretty rough. So Dylan, you know, does what anyone would do, gives him a couple cross checks, which you see multiple times per game with, you know, which is probably a two minute penalty. They didn't, they didn't call it. And look, I don't know if you got him on the right, the right spot where, you know, maybe he had an injury before or there was no padding, but it seemed like a pretty soft cross check for a guy to go down that much, and Caprizov gives one back. And so, look, so then you have the next, like, so, okay, so Dylan fights Middleton in that game. You think it's done? And then, oh, the start of the next game the next day, Lowry fights Maroon. Isn't that the, isn't that the end of it? The Jets were under the impression, but no. I mean, you line up for a faceoff. And on that faceoff play, Huss, Harbin is with Nemestikov. Did he tell Nemestikov? That he's going to slash him in the face, and they kicked out Nemestikov. Perfetti comes in. Is that when he told? We'll have to wait for runway. Maybe they have the full oh. tape of of the incident. They're putting it. They're putting it together right now. Yeah, um, here's a plug for Sarah and the gang. That yeah. like the runway series all year long <clears throat> has been awesome. Um, you know, for Jet fans mm-hmm. to be able to get behind the scenes and see more about that. They've done a great job. This this next episode. If, as we are hoping, some of that mic'd up stuff from that game, both of those games gets into it, I'm guaranteeing you right now that will be the bit most watched runway yet. Um, it will be huge for their channel and for subscribers. Um, and I think a lot of people will make it the, there on a regular basis. Yeah. But but here to say, but to say the Jets like targeted any of them, I mean, players get hurt and and I like what McDavid got injured, as you said, in a game against the Jets this year. Kyle Connor got injured from a hit. Uh, so did Gabe Velarde. You know, there hasn't been that vengeance eye for an eye with this team, unless it's involving Minnesota, mostly because their Only players, the their players have been taking. I don't like if you want to go. You know, we can play this clip where they talk about revenge, intimidation, fear. Like you can, you know, do get revenge or or intimidate a player without sticking them in the face or, you know, laying out a guy who's not suspecting it because it's interference and he doesn't have the puck. Um, it, you know, some of the stuff that we're hearing, and I didn't, you know, we didn't want to get so down this rabbit hole because we actually have a Jets game tonight and they're actually playing re- really well. But the, the just the takes out there have been wild and uh, everyone seems to want to want to discuss. Well, and, and this is the point I brought back to uh, to Kipper and Bourne when I heard they were talking about this. Now, to their defense, 
um, and maybe they probably should have done this beforehand. They were talking about it, having no idea um, about what happened on the weekend, um, about what Brandon Dillon had done. I mean, they were sort of like, it's almost as if they were listening to the Russos of the world that said, man, can you believe the Jets have just gone out two consecutive years and targeted Kaprizov and went and directed and intentionally injured him and knocked him out? I mean, I guess if you're thinking about that, you might have a little bit more time for retaliation, even if you agree, like most sane people, that high-sticking a guy in the face that had absolutely nothing to do with it is, as smart people will, will tell you, and we'll hear in a moment, is cheap and dirty and is not something that you want in the game. Um <laughs> It is it is nuts though that you know between yesterday and it seemed like things had kind of quieted down, um, but this just goes to show you, folks, you can be the best team in the National Hockey League for two months, and people will sleep on Winnipeg and sleep on the Jets. Have an incident like this that gets a lot of people talking, and now maybe people will be paying attention to. It. Well, maybe it's good. Well, obviously, it's not good, you know, why we got here and what happened with Perfetti and, and all of this. It's not good that Kaprizov's out either. Um, but maybe it's fortunate for a lot of other people, so-called hockey media people that follow the National Hockey League that have no clue on what's been the best damn team in the league for the last two months. Maybe they'll actually turn the television on or fire up their NHL app and watch the Winnipeg Jets going forward. Uh, and not just February 20th, so they can see what sort of nonsense happens when the Minnesota Wild come to town. But let's get to this business from, well, here, actually, quickly, there is a game tonight, and we'll talk about it more later on. Jets at Sharks. Just before we get into this uh, Sportsnet stuff, um, what uh, you said Mitch Clinton had just uh, yeah. had uh, some of the line rushes there's and stuff actually, like that? Yeah, there's actually some news here um, about the Jets. So Hellebuck's in a starting routine. That's not news, but... We did see some line swapping last game, and Mitch Clinton of uh, what CJOB analyst with Paul Edmonds there, uh, he says the line rushes are looking the same as they finished in Tampa. So Ehlers, Nemesnikov, Velarde, Perfetti, Shifley, Iafallo, Niederreiter, Lowry, Appleton, Baron, Toninato, and Axel, and then Morrissey, Demello, Dylan, Pionk, Sandberg, Schmidt, Chisholm, Stanley. But interesting that they're keeping the swap there. But mm-hmm. Nemesikov and Shafley thought they were going to go back to you know, what they had been doing for so long, but no, a, a bit of a, a change. I don't know how you feel about that one, Huss. Well, I, listen, I, I'm interested in it. I mean, uh, hey, Vlad did uh, you know set up Ehlers for uh, that goal that became quite important. Um, it was uh, certainly uh, once the uh, that second goal went in for Tampa and it ended up being the winner. Um you know, Bones talked about it afterwards. He thought that, you know, maybe they needed a little bit more from Mark. That line had gone a little cold, and uh, they switched it up. I'm, I'm, I'll am I'm, tell you what. I got a lot of time for seeing how Shifley and Perfetti look together. And I think Fowler is a really interesting guy to have on that line because um, he is a real puck hound and should be able to get it to those guys. Um, and listen, we've seen Ehlers and Nemetsnikov play really well together. Um, I don't know that there's a lot of bad choices right now for the Jets the way this entire team is playing. Uh, but that's something we'll chop up with uh, Rewicki and Billick a little bit later on in the program. Um, but listen, by the way, great to see everybody here. I know there's some new folks in here. If you haven't been here before, hit that subscribe button. Uh, we're here every day, 1 p.m. Uh, Central Time. 
for a couple hours chopping up the latest on the Jets, the Winnipeg sports scene, and all the big topics in and around sports. And if you haven't already, do us a favor and hit that thumbs up as well. Helps us spread the channel. Maybe we can spread it down to Mini and get a few more Wild fans in here just to just to make things even more spicy. Um, but listen, last night uh, on Sportsnet, there was a intermission panel uh, with Jamal Mayers, Sam Cosentino, Canadian hockey legend Jen Botterill, and Carolyn Cameron. And uh, they started talking about this incident, and uh, former NHLer Jamal Mayers uh, had this to say about the incident, saying uh, the uh, for Hartman, high sticking for Fetty the way he did, uh, quote, the right message was sent. Hear it for yourself. <laughs> to me, Hartman is sending a message that you're not going to go after our star player. And, and whether you like it or not, it becomes uh, a question of how am I going to defend? And it's not about fighting. You, you, some people would say, then, then Hartman should go fight him, right? I think it, he sent the right message. The fact that everybody knows that he said he was going to do it or not, I, I, I'm sorry. I know the game has changed, and I know, but there's still an element of fear. There's still an element of uh, being aggressive and sending a message. These two teams could also meet in the playoffs. To me, sending a message is important. And when whether you think it wasn't that egregious, that second cross check to get him right in the right spot to Kaprizov from Dylan to me was just as vicious. Now, if no one knew, you know, how many times centers make it accidentally on purpose, leave a little extra knob on a faceoff, kind of miss the puck, hit the guy in the cheek. The fact that we know that he meant to do it—that's the only part that I think that we're reason why we're talking about it. I mean, I, I can't believe that a guy that played over 900 games in the National Hockey League said with a straight face on national television that what Brendan Dillon did to Kaprizov in the corner, jockeying for position on the puck with that cross-check that ended up hurting him, was the same thing as what Ryan Hartman did to Cole Perfetti. I'm sorry, Remus. Like, that is... It is so far from the truth, and 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 I'll be honest. I mean, I think Justin Bourne is a perfect example of, of a guy that, you know, was talking about this, and then I showed him what happened, <clears throat> and the tone changed very quickly. It was, good Lord, this is what caused all this? That's a, the, the biggest nothing play ever. Now, I get it. Wild fans won't feel that way, and the Wild won't feel that way. But to escalate it to this... Um, is is absurd and and for a guy with that much experience in the league to compare the two as equals is is, is just straight up laughable um sammy the scarf then got into it and i'll give him a small amount of credit in that he didn't seem to not like the act at all um he just didn't like that it was perfetti here's what cosentino had to say the end result with Kaprizov is he's hurt, and he's your best guy, and that's really one of your best chances to do anything to get in the playoffs. So some sort of revenge, in my opinion, has to be exacted there. I didn't like the target as Perfetti. Young player in the league, you're still thinking about what's going to happen moving forward, having respect for your fellow player. Yeah, I understand that. But you got Shifley there, you got Ehlers there, you have star players who've been around the league a little longer. Gabe Velarde. Um, I just didn't like that it was a, a younger guy who's had concussion issues in the past, 
So for me, the target I thought could have been a little bit different there. It could have been go after my star player, go after Ehlers, go after Shifley, go after Morrissey. There were other options there. I didn't like the option of going after Perfetti, but I do understand when you're that kind of dog on a bone type A personality, send a message. You and I talking today made a little bit more sense for, for Perfetti. I didn't like it. I would have liked to have seen one of the other guys. <laughs> Now listen, we're not dealing with road scholars here. I get it. This is not a Mensa convention. However, if I'm hearing that correctly, Reem, he's saying, listen, the act itself, the high stick in the face, no worries on that. Just why are you doing it to Cole Perfetti? Why not do it to Ehlers? Oh, sound familiar, anybody? <laughs> Hello, last season? These guys probably have no idea. Or Shifley or whatnot. Um, and by the way, these guys are probably big code guys. What the hell was the point of... Dylan fighting Middleton or Lowry fighting Maroon, by the way. Um, if 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 the if the right way to take care of this was to high stick somebody in the face to Cosentino's credit, just not Perfetti, maybe go with Shifley or Ehlers. I I don't understand. Why is high sticking a guy in the face of a face off the right way to send a message? What you know, in <laughs> hockey, yes, you can body check people. You can hurt them. Like, why not? Just take you know take a guy out when he has the puck legally in terms of the game. Uh, like whatever happened to just whenever a guy's got a puck, give him a little shove, give him a shoulder, put him on his ass. Like why? Or I don't know, maybe trying to win the game by sending a message. I don't know. High sticking a guy in the face uh, just to me seems like in this conversation they're making it seem like that's the only option. That's the <laughs> the one thing that they could do. Like, whatever happened to just, you know, using, playing physical, throw a game on a guy and making his what life if, difficult. Whatever happened to that? But no, it's got to be, someone's got to get a stick in the face here because uh, Kaprizov, you know, got, had a fluke injury. So is it was kind of baffling um, hearing those conversations from them. <laughs> um, luckily, oh, I see Tikona Pauly's come in with a super chat here. Jets have nobody but themselves to blame. Playing nice and not settling score with Hartman earlier. Now being a bonehead, someone should have folded Hartman up long ago. <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree with that, um, particularly considering some of his many cheap shots to the Jets before, in particular what happened to Ehlers. And I think that's what a lot of people were hoping for on Saturday. But guess what? The Jets didn't run around like a bunch of idiots. They went out and tried to win the hockey game because they've got bigger fish to fry than losers like Hartman. That might change on February 20th. <laughs> um, but listen, Rewiki's coming up in a second. But Brandon, just be patient because we've just listened to the big brains of Jamal Mayers and Sam Cosentino on this topic. Luckily, there was someone, um, there was someone with a little bit of common sense. Uh, and someone that knows the game pretty damn well in Jennifer Botterill that um, took the other side of the argument. Here's Jen. Both of the terms you guys use, revenge and sending a message. I just, I don't know, you watch the play, you see Perfetti, a young, great player in your league. You think that's, that's what you want to present or succumb your young, talented players to? That it's okay if I'm this far from Carolyn to two-hander as hard as I can in a one-foot radius? I don't know. I don't think that's what's what's selling your game for your biggest stars, your skilled players. You're saying, okay, if you're a young player coming up, be ready because this could happen to you at any point. Yeah, just, it could. 
And at the end of the day, and you're okay with that. If it's your son out there playing, and he, ta- he takes that two hand to the face, you know, you know what it was a good message to send. But he took you the feel cross the check. If it's your son who took then the cross check, then to the he's going to he's going to understand that you have to then go do something <laughs> and, and make amends. Either <laughs> handle it so... yourself. This oh. isn't archaic. This... Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is <laughs> no, archaic. No, it's not. Because at the end of the day, if these two teams play, play, face, face each other in the playoffs, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think Hartman has now perfetti in his back pocket because now he knows he's, he's, he's afraid, he's scared, he's unsure? Um, okay, the one thing we're missing, I mean, that is laughable. Um, but credit to Jen, and we didn't get it in, in that clip, but she said there's a different, but there's a big oh, difference. That's the next one. That's the next one. Oh, this is the next one? Okay, let's just play this because um, this is sort of how it all ends, and I think very, very classic. So anyways, Mayer says, well, you know what? This is a a thing you hear from some of the mouth breathers on certain social media sites as well. Maybe you guys just don't like hockey then. The game always regresses, in my opinion, five years when you head into the playoffs. So when we head into the playoffs, there is an element of meanness. There is an element of not being nice out there. And if you and if you don't like that part of the hockey, then maybe you don't like playoff but hockey. But there's a difference between tough and physical and cheap and dirty. And to me, on a face-off like that, that's cheap and dirty. Okay, what about the cross-check on my on our best player? Kaprizov the, got cross-checked three times. He the, did. The last and time a, was the one that You're against the boards, and it's a fine line between the, the controlling at the hips. It's a physical game. You're saying it's strong and physical. He, How You've got to penalize your players then before these other, we don't even get to the chance to show the other player. The, the player I disagree. Talk I think about, Dylan yeah, cross-checked him, didn't get him where he wanted. We all know there's no, we all know yeah, the first one didn't get him where he wanted. The second one gets him right above the sh- the paint, hockey pants and below the the uh, where your shoulder pads are. But it's not exactly what he is. That's the best. But if that 99%. same cross-check goes to Shifley or goes to Morrissey, I'm not saying that a high stick to the face of Perfetti. I didn't like that. I'm saying the target should have a little bit different. And if you're going to exact any sort of revenge, let it be the same revenge. As I said, folks, it ain't a Mensa conversation. It ain't a Mensa convention in, uh, <laughs> in those intermission panels. Credit to Jen for having some common sense and uh, laying it down. And by the way, I know Jamal Mayer said, oh, well, every five, the, the playoffs, uh, you roll it back five years. Um, in 2018, 19, like, for instance, when the Jets were having those great series with the, with the Predators, there was a lot of bad blood, a lot of those things. Was it kosher to stick guys in the face? Did I, am I missing something? Anyways, listen, we're going to continue this with Brandon Rewicki. Give us thoughts in the chat. Keep them coming, folks. Uh, um, let me give a, a shout out. You know, I think we all need a drink right now, frankly, after all of this. Shout out to our friends at Canadian Club, Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey. Bought by your local Manitoba liquor marts and uh, check out all the Canadian Club favorites. Original 100% rye, Canadian classic 12-year-old. And there still are limited availabilities of the CC Invitation Series. The Canadian Club 15-year-old Sherry Cask, our signature CC classic 12-year-old whiskey, finished with a secondary aging in Oloroso Sherry Casks. All the hallmarks of Canadian Club with the added richness and sweetness of Sherry. And throughout 2024, when you're enjoying Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, Canadian Club, remember, always enjoy responsibly. Um, you know, everyone's hot enough around here that if it gets down to minus 20, I don't think, uh, you know, we probably <clears throat> have the uh, just the, uh, the, the steam coming through many Jet fans' ears right now might warm things up. But... 
Manitoba Batteries got you covered to make sure you're getting from point A to point B. The number one place in the province for batteries, shopping local, getting it at the best price, beating the pants off the big box stores with the best service in town because Donnie and the gang will deliver it to you for free anywhere inside the perimeter with any purchase over 60 bucks. It's that easy and simple. Give them a phone call at 783-8787. Let you let them know what you need. You can go to manitobabattery.com and order online and uh, then sit back, do what you got to do, listen to us and let that battery come to you at the best price in town with Manitoba Battery at 1026 Logan Avenue. And hey, a big shout out to our friends at Modern Man Barbershops. What a great year we had with Modern Man, including that big Movember promo we did um, supporting men's health. Um, now you got to look good for 2024, fellas. Get on down to one of eight Modern Man Barbershops and get a new look for 2024. Uh, eight locations, as I mentioned, including two new locations, Pemina Highway right by Bishop and out on the east side on Plessy Road. Modern Man Barbershops offer a variety of grooming services, including haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Book your look via modernmanbarber.com. Make an appointment Give them a follow as well on Instagram at Modern Man Barbershops. All right, let's uh, get Rewiki in here, the host of Skates and Plates. Um, <laughs> Brandon, Happy New Year. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Doing good. I never, I never thought that um, why sticks to the face are good for hockey would be the discourse that we're having here. But happy to talk about that with you if you want to go down that rabbit hole. Oh, you know. Uh... I'll be honest, I am absolutely stunned at the discourse of this from, like, listen, I get it that, you know, people, if you've got skin in the game in Minnesota and you're a big Wild fan, you're pissed off that your player's out. Um, If you're a Jet fan, you're outraged at, you know, what happened after the two fights and then that, and then obviously the revelation that that was uh, a straight-up message from the Minnesota Wild, and that's the way they're going to handle this. But, I mean, where are you at? Like, I've heard a number of people, so-called respected voices in the game, saying shit that I haven't heard in 25, 30 years. It's it's crazy. What's crazy to me about this, Huss, is that this whole sequence of events, the explanation seems insanely easy, right? Like, I, I there shouldn't be much controversy around this. Brendan Dillon should be penalized for cross-checking Kaprizov. Like, he, he takes a shot at him, and it should have been a penalty. Like, there's there's no doubt about that. And the Wild players and fans certainly have every right to be upset about that and, and, and a play taking out their star player. But the fights that then take place after that, by the code, should have erased all of that, right? Brendan Dillon answers the bell. He fights Big Middleton. And, I mean, Lowry fights Maroon for whatever reason, too, right? But in, in theory, the fight should then take care of that. But then you have Hardman acting like a pure weasel and a coward, taking a cheap, dirty shot at Perfetti off a of face-off, which should have been suspended. Like, to me, that's it. Like, I, I, I don't understand this whole, you know, we need to talk about vengeance in the game of hockey and how you attack our guy, now we attack your guy. Because by that logic, now the Jets have to go out there in the next game and somebody's got a slew foot Zuccarello or something, right? And then it just goes on and on and on and on. I, I, I just feel like this is a, a sequence of events that, that should be explained and handled pretty quickly here. 
But I like the word that you used describing Michael Russo's attempt at an explanation earlier. It, it seems like everybody's unhinged down south right now because there, there's no defending what Ryan Hartman did. It wasn't defending his teammates' honor or anything like that. It's just a cheap shot that clearly should have been suspendable. And if if the Department of Player Safety and the officials on the ice do their job here, you know, this, this is something that takes care of itself. But unfortunately, neither the officials on and off the ice with the NHL do their part in any of this. And then you have things devolve into high sticks to the face are great. And now we got to attack <laughs> this guy and revenge is coming, Veb 20, right? Like it's, it, it's, it starts to get out of control. So we'll, we'll see how the Winnipeg Jets handle it. But I, I just, I can't understand the logic of you cross check our star player so now we have to brutally high stick an unrelated player who had no part in any of this. That that that's the way that this needs to be handled, and that's the only way this score could be settled. It's just it's devolved into complete lunacy, and and we'll see where where things go. I don't even know where things go from here, Hus, because to me, Dylan fighting Middleton and Maroon fighting Lowry should have been the end of it there. Well, that, isn't, that, it, isn't that what they tell us the all the time? You know what? Yeah. You got to get this fight out of the way, take the temperature down a little bit. And then let the game go on. Like, isn't that what they always tell us? Why these, like, a fight right off the faceoff happens? Why well, that is? The, the thing, too, like, I could even understand, like, for me, at least, from Minnesota's perspective, like, the fights happen, whatever. But it, it kind of makes sense to me if they, like, hey, Felino and Hartman, like, guys, take physical runs at Perfetti for the rest of this game to, to, to send a message, right? Like, kind of like what Remo said, like, Hitting and body checking is a part of the game. Like, take runs at their guys. But this whole, like, just the, the high stick to the face and, like, hey, sorry, Cole, but you cracked our guy, so I had to clip you right wrong the time. Uh, you <laughs> like, just happened to be the smallest, youngest guy on the team. Yeah, exactly, so, uh, right? It's, uh, it, yeah. That's on you, buddy. Yeah, um, he's got but, a history of it. It's, it's I, cowardly. It's clownish. It's ridiculous. It, if the NHL had any... The NHL had any level of intelligence. That's a play that just get like it, it isn't. It doesn't have to be a five game suspension, right? But like one or two games, you you just you, you don't well, want to send them like a four thousand dollar fine. That's a quarter in his pocket for someone that had never done it before. Maybe you're thinking about four or five games. Like you mentioned, slew footing Zuccarello. Uh, I only know of one player on each of these two teams that's already been suspended this year for slew footing. And guess who that is? Ryan Hartman. On a fantasy earlier this year. I mean, this is not a choir boy that's never been on the phone or down to George Paris' Paris's office. Not to mention the the interference on Ehlers the year prior to that knocked Nikolai Ehlers essentially out of the playoffs against Vegas, right? So it's look, the, both both teams are culpable in all of this. You, I mean, to what degree and level? I mean, we, we can argue, whatever. That to me well, is kind of... that's the one thing that I'll tell you. And I mean, we can talk about things being called in the game. But the one issue I have, you know, with just how this got so out of hand, if you will, is that play with Dylan on Kaprasov. I mean, sure, you want to call that a two-minute minor, okay. But get ready because if that's if you're calling that, get ready for another 15 to 20 minors in a game because in front of the net in the corners that happens dozens of times every game yeah and you know i i mean personally i really dislike that play um 
I know it's nowhere near the viciousness, but it, it kind of gives me PTSD of McCowan on Howard Chuck. But I like I you are targeting somebody in a vulnerable position there, right? Using your stick. Like I I, I just don't like that play. I'm not, I'm not saying it should be a major or anything like that, yeah. but it, it's a penalty, right? Like he cross checks him, what two times right in the ribs. Obviously injures him because he's. I mean, I'm assuming it injured him because he's missing games because of it, and then knocks him out of that game in particular. But like. You, you have to penalize him there because the refs don't do that. Then things start to devolve really quickly, right? Like in, in, a, in a macro view of this, it's kind of a great example of how the NHL does a, an absolutely terrible job of protecting A, their players, and then B, their star players in all this. Because I think it, it gets tempered down a little bit if Dylan goes to the box for two minutes, maybe Minnesota scores on the power. You know what I mean? Like I think the, the, the temperature kind of, gets dropped down a bit. If the refs do their jobs to begin with and call that penalty. Um, but, you know, having said that too, Huss, it's not like Minnesota the entire game was running around, you know, waving sticks and things like that. We're, we're really just talking about one specific idiot here in, in Hartman, you know, just just losing his mind for a second and just clipping a guy. I've just never seen that before. I've never seen off a face-off, you know, to clip a guy in the face like that. And And he's one of the only players in the league that would think of doing something like that. Um, you know, I, again, I have no problem if Minnesota that game was taking extra runs at Ehlers and Perfetti and saying, Hey, you know, you injure our guy, we're going to make sure that your guys pay for it. That to me is at least within the confines of the game, the, the high sick, it's just, it's craziness. And then people defending it is even crazier. Everyone's just <laughs> losing their minds over this, but I mean, that, that, that's also what happens in a rivalry. And that's kind of the, you know, you don't want a rivalry to happen out of people cheap shotting each other, but man, like. It, it is kind of fun for the Jets and Wild to officially be rivals with each other because the Jets haven't, I mean, it's probably, it, it didn't happen until last year officially, but like, yeah, we're, we're rivals it's now. On. We got this with Minnesota. It's, it's on, on, it's on. So let me ask you this. And like, I, listen, I know T. Conopoli has been saying that Bauer needs to be in the Jet lineup for a long time because the team isn't <laughs> tough enough or whatnot. I'm looking at the standings. They seem to be doing pretty well. And I never for a moment, like, considered, like, it just doesn't really happen anymore in the league that all of a sudden a lineup or roster might be significantly changed for a particular game for these reasons. But how do you see things going heading into February 20th? I mean, it, do they add a Bauer? Is VL in the lineup? I mean, do the Jets get some other guy to come in for one reason and one reason only there. I mean, it was interesting hearing Elliot Friedman. Part of the reason why that the jets, you know, why this stuff is out um, is of how incensed they were with that play in particular. And then of course, how it was or wasn't handled by NHL player safety. Like I, I didn't think at any point we'd get to the, this stage where we're looking ahead to a particular game and not like it's going to be a real tough game. And these teams don't like each other but that we might actually see um, players that have not been a part of this Jets team at all this year added to the lineup to, um, you know, increase the arms race for what inevitably is going to be a shit show. Yeah, I mean, I guess my point would be the Jets did win both of those games, correct? I do believe so. I'm just looking and, right now. Yeah, the they, last team to beat them is San Jose, who they played. Okay, <laughs> which is awesome. Um, <laughs> but they won both of those games. 
There was no issue of being physically dominated in both of those games. They handled themselves well. What what is there to change? If Minnesota wants to turn it into a clown show, then go ahead. Like be our guest. Well, I would argue that well, already we, happened. Yeah, yeah, but if you hey, if you wanna if you wanna amplify that, we'll be three and zero then after our third meeting on February twenty. The, the Jets don't have to change anything at all. They they've got enough toughness. They they're they're physical. I mean, Lowry and Dylan both show that they can handle themselves. There's a few other guys on the roster that can handle themselves if things get heated or or a little bit out of control. No, I I I really dislike when teams change up and try to add in toughness and, and physicality and, and goonery to an extent. Like if, if one team wants to go that route and they're going to bring in somebody who might only play five or six minutes, well, then guess what? We're putting our top line out against you and we're going to bury you when they're out there on the ice. Unfortunately for the Jets, I would normally would say you're going to take a penalty. We'll make you pay on the power play. That might not specifically happen with Winnipeg, but that's the kind of mindset that I like to go about with that to, to me that the, Jets don't need to change anything right now. They're, they're playing tremendous hockey. Well, the only <clears throat> the only concern is is that when this happened last year, Nikolai Ehlers missed the rest of the regular season and the first four games of the playoffs came back for one, not really ready to go, but just trying to be in there, and they were uh, they were done. And then we saw how low this team will stoop with the incident to Perfetti. Uh, on the uh, on the weekend, and yeah, but I, I I just don't think that if you have some name name your player in the lineup, is that really going to stop Hartman from being a weasel? Like we, we weasel gonna weasel, and I don't think it matters who's out there on the ice, right? I mean, rat gonna rat, yeah, right. Like Marsh Brad Marshawn for years did it, regardless of who's out there. I mean, how many games have we seen Ryan Reeves on the bench and somebody runs? You know what I mean? Like it, it, it unless, as long as you have. Like unless you remove the instigator penalty, it's it's not going to deter the pests, the weasels, the rats from doing what they do in in their in their worst moments out there on the ice. So, I, I mean that that's always going to be a worry and a concern. But I don't think you you bench guys because somebody might throw a cheap shot out there. You you, you hope that at some point they have their head screwed on straight enough that it's not going to be an issue. But to me, it's just it's more so of a a pregame pep talk of like, let's guys like maybe have your head on a swivel a little more than you might normally, but like we're out here to win a hockey game. We're not out here for a battle of vengeance or a street fight. Like we're here for two points. The jets are more worried about winning the division as opposed to winning um, a back alley brawl in Minnesota. So I, I just don't think anything changes here. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. And it showed that, you know, four out of four against Minnesota. Let's, let's keep that going and try to make it six out of six. Yeah, the uh, you know I listen. I mean, uh, I am I am enjoying. I mean, this is the one thing that actually makes the wild relevant right now. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I mean, uh, like I said to like I said to to some idiot that was coming at me on Twitter after this, I'm like, listen, enjoy seventh place, and you know, we'll we'll deal with you guys later. Um, but I mean, this just comes back to the fact that we're talking about this again with these clips and with Russo, <laughs> with Russo um, going off. A guy who, I mean, honestly, before this, if you had said to most people like around, I mean, he has been one of the most respected writers, and I mean, that sounded like an unhinged wild fan, of which there are many. Of which, of which there are many, and and there are many and many fan bases out there, including. 
uh, an, an orange and black one, which we might see in a couple of weeks time here in Winnipeg. But like, I, 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 yeah, I'm just blown away. Like, it seemed like everything cooled down. And then the the Jamal Myers and, and Cosentino and thankfully Jennifer Botterill's and the only adult in the room over there at Sportsnet right now at the moment. Like, it, I, I, again, I'm just I'm blown away that this is still a thing so many days later, because to me, it just seems so cut and dry. And the, the fact that we're actually trying to OK a cheap shot off the face of like that. I, I I just don't get it. Right. Like it's, 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 it's about hockey, not about vengeance. Right. Like, let's just try to, let's, let's try to focus on the game at hand instead of how can we attack the other star player on the, other. it's, it, it, it's, it's goofy when it gets to stuff like this. Yeah. I think we can all agree about that. Um, Listen, we'll, uh, I'm, I know we'll have more to talk about this topic with Bill coming up in a few minutes. Um, Quickly on the, team um they just keep on winning um brought out the brooms against the wild on the weekend beat the tampa bay lightning on tuesday but at the end of the game there was a swap nemetsnikov and shifley that moved and from what it looks like that's the way the game is going to start tonight and to be frank i had not spent much time thinking about this possibility at all even after the game it was just sort of something that happened in the end i kind of thought that they'd be back to the way things had been lately. But the more I think about it, I've kind of wanted to see what Shifley and Perfetti might be able to do together. We know Ehlers and Nemetsnikov have some good chemistry, and Velarde's been phenomenal. I mean, uh, what are you thinking about the top six going into tonight in the tank? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm okay with the switch up. I mean, the, the top line uh, after they went supernova, what was it, like two games, just two quiet games, which happens. I mean, you know, even the best lines in hockey will go quiet over a, a span of a handful of games here. But I, I've got no problem with them tinkering a little bit here. I mean, mm-hmm. look, they're, they're going to have to they're gonna have to do some tinkering now and when Kyle Connor comes back in a couple weeks' time. So, I mean, hey, I, I, I don't mind teams. You know, the, we, what's the, the common refrain is that, you know, don't tinker with the winning lineup. If it ain't broke, I, don't fix it. Well, I I don't always agree with that. Like it's it's okay to you know try new things, and I mean, look, yes, the 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 sharks seem to be the Jets' crypt tonight, but I mean, doing so against a lesser opponent uh, further down in the standings, I I've, I've got no problem with it, and I agree with you too. I think I think Perfetti and Shifley well, and and can play extremely well off of each other. Um, I I think I do think there's a lot of intrigue into into how this top six might shake out, and and look, I mean. If your second line when everyone's healthy is Nemesnikov, Healers, and Velarde, and then you could put, say, Shifley with Perfetti and Kyle Connor, that's it's pretty loaded. I know Nemesnikov isn't your traditional number two center on maybe a cup contending team, but at least out there on the wing, you're looking really good. And it gives you the opportunity, maybe more, most importantly, to have Nino Niederreiter with Adam Lowry full time to, to give you that supercharged third line. So I, I'm fine with it. I don't have a problem with it. Um, again, the main problem is going to be the power play and, and getting that thing fixed. But I do also understand that it's a little bit difficult too with Kyle Connor being out and arguably him being your your greatest power play weapon. You know, you, you might need to wait a couple weeks before you, you you hopefully see that unit firing on all cylinders right now. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with the shakeup. Just tell you what, I'm not watching it tonight. That's going to be a morning PVR view. These these 9:30 games are criminal. I, I, I get that it's a West Coast thing, but. Come on, man. Two kids. Well, listen, now you're, now you're, now you're collecting retirement checks and things like that. I can understand. That's a little <laughs> way too late for you to you to be standing up, uh, just staying up that late. Um, Brandon, just 
listen, before we go, um, you know, we talked about December and um, listen, I still will maintain, I said it on the show afterwards, I didn't think the Jets came out flat or anything like that against San Jose. Thought they were all over them, carried the game, whatever. Goalie played really well. They didn't score enough goals. They didn't win that game. Um, you look at this schedule right now. And I'll be honest, it makes me very nervous about tonight's game because the Sharks after that win are 0-9 and 0 in their last nine <laughs> games since then. Um, like I would almost rather them be playing Dallas or Colorado or someone right now and staying against these, you know, the teams that they've been beating. Um, but there's a big opportunity right now. Like Colorado's playing Dallas tonight. For sure, that's gonna be a three-point game. Take that to the bank right now. Um, but you've got the Sharks, the Ducks, Coyotes, still pretty good team. And then back home with Columbus and the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, there is a real opportunity. And the Jets, to their credit, have been pretty good this year. I know December, there was a few points left on the table. But overall, if you look at the teams they played below them in the standings, they have been very good and they've been consistent so far. It's a big opportunity to take a real run at first place and, you know, maybe give themselves a little bit of breathing room before Philly comes in in a couple Saturdays. Yeah, but before the powerhouse Flyers come in, you want to try to rack up as many points as possible. Um, Philly's Philly's a beast on the road. They're they're okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting too because in years past, we would look at that schedule, right? And be like, this is a prime opportunity for the Jets to bank some points. And what would the old Jets do? They'd stink it up, go like two and four, and find themselves behind the eight ball to some extent again. But I mean, this this year's Jets team is has they've avoided that pitfall so far outside of that loss to San Jose, which I agree they didn't play poorly and just didn't get the result that they wanted. You know, they they played the bad teams very well and they've banked those points. So I, you're you're right, man. I mean, it, it, it's it's obvious here. You got that stretch there. Maybe you drop one in Arizona, but you take two in California. You take the two at home. And you'll find yourself in first place by the time the middle of January rolls around. So it's 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 an it's an excellent opportunity here. And again, it's it's I've always equated this to soccer, but you know teams can and obviously their championship is different, right? But teams can win championships by just beating the bad teams and doing okay against the great ones. There's an opportunity here for the Jets. You run the table against some bad teams. You don't have to play 600 hockey against the Colorados and the Dallases. And so forth here. So I, I, the nice thing is there's a lot more confidence that the team's going to be able to pull this off as opposed to, you know, the last two, three years where they'd, they'd run an over against these guys. Uh, I guess, do you have anything to talk about? Anything interesting on skates and plates this week? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll try to fill a show in. I, I, we'll, we'll see what we can do. I think, I think we might be able to get 10 minutes in. It'll come oh. out, I can't guarantee we'll have a Jet Sharks breakdown first thing Friday morning. But... Um, We'll, we'll have something coming yeah, around two after something. you finish watching the game. You could just yeah, join us at one. I'll tell you all about it right, <laughs> off, right <laughs> yeah, off the bat. Yeah. Just, we'll just live stream it with you, yeah. <laughs> Take it easy, buddy. Thanks, as always. Yeah, have a great one. There's Brandon Rewicki. Check out Skates and Plates wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'll say one thing um, that today's show and these clips and everything has brought out. Some incredible hilarity, um, both in the chat and behind the camera, soon to be in front of the camera. Uh, I believe it was Matthew Jansen who mentioned on a partic- particular member of the Sportsnet family uh, panel as, quote, no wizard probably couldn't start a fire if you gave him a lighter. Uh, <laughs> I, might <have> to, <laughs> I might have to remember that one. 
<laughs> Anyways, keep the comments coming. This is uh, this is outstanding. All right, Billick's uh, Billick's teed up. He's going to join us in just a minute. Uh, I guess this is a good time to mention uh, that you should all be getting tickets for the February twentieth game against the Minnesota Wild. But this team is playing so well right now. Big homestand coming up next week, <clears throat> and games um, that uh, I think a pretty good chance. Not that the team's home record isn't great, but you'll be going home ha- uh, going home happy. Tuesday night. Tonight, we're bringing uh, Lucas, who is our big winner of uh, those tickets to <clears throat> come with me and Reem to uh, the game in the Plano Lounge. Really looking forward to that. Columbus on Tuesday, Bedard and the Blackhawks on Thursday. And if you were not at the game in early December to see Connor Bedard, might I suggest get to this one. Um, <clears throat> as great as the Jets are right now, even if the Blackhawks are playing someone else, 98's worth the price of admission alone. Looking forward to that. And then Brandon's Flyers coming in to take on the Jets. The Filipino Heritage Night, which should be great. Saturday night game against the Philadelphia Flyers. And then back at it on another Tuesday against the New York Islanders for their lone visit of the year. That is the Hockey Talks game. Then the team will be on the road. And then the WST crew will be back in the house for the Saturday night game against the Leafs up in Section 316. Go to winnipegjets.com slash tickets. Count yourself in for Winnipeg Jets hockey as they continue to push for first place. Um, <clears throat> new year, new you. And listen, I know there's lots of resolutions out there. May I suggest, particularly if you're looking at improving your health for men um, well, and women as well, get on down to Vita Health Fresh Market. Great prices on natural and organic supplements that help you live the most healthy and active life. Uh, beauty products and groceries as well. Winnipeg's largest selection of local products too. Um, and for guys that are looking to get more out of themselves every day, check out Prairie Naturals, Canada's number one line of men's health supplements formulated to help address challenges with prostate health, andropause, low libido, low testosterone, stress, male energy, and performance at any of the six Vita Health locations and online at myvita.ca. Big thanks to Vita Health, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Uh, huge shout out to Wallace and Wallace, Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialist, doing it, well, add another year to the calendar. They've been doing it since 1946. You've seen their fences and trucks all over the city, but did you know they're also the leader in overhead garage doors? And take a look at that forecast. This is the time of the year that's about to put the most stress on your garage door and the right time to prevent downtime this winter is now give wallace and wallace a call to book your inspection and maintenance service call today for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service there's only one name or two you need to know and that is wallace and wallace and while we continue on the theme of the new year guys you're gonna go get a nice cut at modern man gonna live a little healthier how about looking good And when you think looking good in Winnipeg, you think F Apparel, Winnipeg's number one choice for menswear and beautiful-looking custom suits made to fit at a great price, starting at just 400 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both for your suit and just to wear out, tucked and untucked styles, an incredible selection of menswear accessories. Um, Wedding party, if you're getting married in 2024 or involved in one standing up for a friend talk to the guys at f about a 15 percent discount as well for your suit so uh you're not just 
blowing your money on renting a tux and throwing it back on the Monday afterwards. F Apparel's down at 190 Smith Street downtown. Make an appointment and check them out online at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. All right. Uh, let's continue our discourse today on Winnipeg Sports Talk and welcome in Scott Billick of the of the Winnipeg Sun, maybe the best Whoops. headwear in the history of WST. I don't know what happened here. I bought this off the Minnesota Wild website this morning. <laughs> One hour for podcast shipping. listeners, for podcast listeners, Billick is wearing a literal hat covered in tin foil. Oh, maybe a little Aaron Rodgers after his Epstein Jimmy Kimmel comments earlier on this week. And- now we got this uh, Kirill Kaprizov, Ryan Hartman thing that won't go away. So, yeah, I mean, everybody's everybody's got nefarious, uh, I don't know, tendencies. Malik, nah, whatever. I'm wearing the hat because that's what it is. So this has been. Um, it's been a week, us. It, it has been a week, and and listen, we knew, and I mean, hey, I'd been talking about it for a couple months. When the heck are the Jets playing the Wild? I mean, this is going to be. Uh, like, there was a lot of people around here still yeah. pissed off at Rad Hartman taking out Nikolai Ehlers, costing him the end of the regular season, knocking him out for the playoffs. Um, and listen, I mean, I listen, I know there's a lot of people that, you know, are, and, and listen, we're all one of them. You'd love to get back at guys that do you wrong and knock your players out with cheap shots. Um, I... I I'm not there with really comparing what happened with Brendan Dillon and Kaprizov to any of this other stuff. Yeah. I mean, just because it happens so often. And I mean, like, we'll get to yeah. the Russo tweet in a minute. I mean, the Stanley Kaprizov thing that really did start all of this yeah. was just an awkward fall. I mean, like, well, to, to say that he was targeted is is yeah. so disingenuous. Um, and, and as I said, we keep going back to this word, unhinged. But... Um, Bottom line is the team went out and took care of business twice, which I'm sure probably infuriated the Wild even more. They were eight points back of the Winnipeg Jets going into that game. Um, they're, what, 14 back now? Yeah. Pretty much done. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure they can blame the Jets for the rest of the injuries on the roster right now that they're dealing with. Um, but things, you know, as I said, I'm still looking for this copy of the code. I don't have it. <laughs> I, I'm looking for it. But I was. I've always been told that, you know, Dylan stood up and fought Middleton right afterwards. And then yeah. right off the bat, Maroon, he wanted to go with Lowry. Okay, fine. Um, to me, I never thought we'd get to the point where not only is Ryan Hartman doing something so dirty and so dangerous to Cole Perfetti, of all people. Talk about picking your battles. Um, yeah. But that so many people in the hockey world seemingly have a lot of time for this. Yeah, I mean, you go to the the. Oh, I, I mean, I'm sure everybody's seen the the segment last night from. Oh, we just from, played the clips. You, you just played the clips. Yeah, what a disaster, right? Like, I mean, you you can't sit there and say that that was okay after the NHL levied some supplemental discipline. I get that it's a fine; it's not a suspension, but the NHL view looked at it, went and looked at it. They can't use the tape from Ryan Hartman. Because of the fact that it's it it, it it this goes back to 2005 when they negotiated the ability to be mic'd up, so you already have that problem. You can't use that, so that didn't go into it. It was literally a blatant high stick. The refs didn't see. I understand where Cole Perfetti's coming from because it comes off a draw, whatever. And then it's just like 
it, it, it is as blatant as it is, and then he did admit it. And then we get, and then there's people upset that Cole Perfetti is being honest about the situation and saying what it is when that's all we ask from players is for some honesty. Like nobody, like he was mic'd up, but we knew that from the night before or the game before because there's a still online right now of Adam Lowry doing his thing and right above it in the corner, wherever the corner up here, it says 91 mic'd up in it, right? And, and both teams know it. But regardless of that, I mean, we know that Ryan Hartman did it on purpose. He said it, regardless of whether or not that's supposed to get out or not. It doesn't really matter. He said it. So we know that. Anybody was, watching was, yeah, what happened knows that he did it on purpose. 100%. And I think player safety said that, well, this was no issue, like needing well, to hear the admission. We thought he did it on purpose. And that's why we find a nine-time previous offender, we gave him a four-grand invoice. Hey, we did our jobs. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all crazy. And then the fact that you have, I, I get why fan bases, like I, I have no problem with the fan base in, in Minnesota. Like for the record, it's fine. Do whatever you want. Be pissed off. Do whatever you want. Say whatever you want. I, I don't have a problem with that. Do I think it's a little petty? Yeah. I mean, did Kapril Kabrizov come out after Logan Stanley fell on and say it was malicious? No, he actually said that, that he just said it was a hockey play. Literally, you can go back and find a tweet from from Russo about that. It yeah. was just a complete accident. Was the Brendan Dillon thing malicious? To me, it wasn't. Like those are, yeah, they're cross checks. I get that. Those happen a hundred times a game. Watch the game. Watch a board battle. You'll see that all the time. It just happens. That's the way it is, right? If the NHL wants to crack down on it, then crack down on it. But until you you tell players that they can't do that repeatedly over and over again every night, it's not going to change. Um, they tried to crack down on cross-checking earlier on in the preseason. And then they just go, like, this is the problem. This is an entirely different problem with NHL officiating, right? Like, we know that NHL officiating is the most inconsistent officiating I think you can find in sport. But regardless, Ryan Hartman did what he did, and we know, and he has, it's, he's got a rap sheet, right? Like, this, is, this isn't a guy who just doesn't do things. There was clear evidence he got suspended at the end of last season for drilling Nikolai Ehlers on an open ice hit when he didn't have the puck. So I don't know why I don't I don't know why reporters are defending this stuff and then pointing the finger at something else when that's really not the problem here, right? And and then to say, well, it was retribution from the panel last night is retribution. Well, Dylan already fought. And then off the start of the game, Adam Lowry fought. And so and then and then and then so so we dealt with this on in the game itself that it happened. You've now dealt with it again at the start of the next game the next day. And then Ryan Hartman, literally like a few minutes later, decides to you know blatantly high-stick Cole Perfetti in the face and then say that he had to do it. And then you get on the sports net thing last night where it's like it had to be done. And then another guy on there is saying that not only did it have to be done, it should have been done to Shifley or Morrissey or Ehlers. Like what the hell are we doing here, Hoss? Like, 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 what, like, like, what, are we waiting for somebody to McSorley somebody? Like, like well, I don't understand. Like, I don't bring, get it. It's funny you bring that up because well, um, uh, there was a yeah. certain discourse a few years ago uh, about this. Uh, if anyone remembers the name Dominic Moore, oh, there's the copy of the code. Re- Remus it. has found it. Thank found you. It. Um, <laughs> you know. Um, there, there was uh, a, a lot of um, uh, Steve Moore. Obviously, his brother was yeah. Dominic Moore. Um, we all remember he hit Marcus Nasland and concussed him, and that went on for a long time. And um, 
Todd Bertuzzi decided to take it into his own hands and Moore never played again. And there was a big lawsuit about it. Um, like, is that, is that, is that where we're heading on? Is, is that, is that the ultimate retribution that the wild are looking for? Crazy. Like I couldn't understand how on a national broadcast last night, that's exactly essentially what you're advocating for because you're basically advocating for retribution for something that happened in a different game or whatever. And you're saying that it, it shouldn't even been, and, and so you, you have sympathy for Cole Perfetti because it shouldn't have been him, but then it should have been three other guys that had nothing to do with the play either. Like, I, I just don't get it, Huss. I don't understand. I think it's that, that, that dinosaur thinking, like corpse in the ground, all decayed, just bones in the ground, dethinking or thinking right now. Like, it's, it, 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 that was absolute insanity last night. And, and the only voice there, is Jennifer Botterill, who's, you know, kudos to Jennifer Botterill for stepping in and being like, this is absolutely stupid, insane, right? Because, like, I, I couldn't believe what I was listening to. And, and I don't know how to explain it, I because I don't think that way. Like, I don't, like, I, I get, that, yeah, you, you hurt a guy, whatever, you deal with it in the game, but, like, to go in intentionally and, and to say that something needs to be done and, and, and intentionally and something, somebody has to pay exact revenge, I think was the word. It's. I'm trying not to swear here. It's effing ridiculous, is what I'm saying. And I and, and I just like I don't know what we're doing here. We're trying to push the sport forward. Uh, you know, fighting's down. Whatever. We're trying to let the players, you know, police themselves and all that sort of thing. But then we're just saying, well, you might as well just take you know a two hand chop to anybody out there for de- like. I just like what's the precedent here, right? Like I, I don't understand. And I think it's it's silly that we're like that. This is what we're you know essentially saying to kids. Like once you get to a certain level in the game, why you can just do whatever. Like here's the thing. I mean, like I don't want to bring up the whole like this would be assault if not. But like what Ryan Hartman did would have been a criminal offense anywhere else, right? Like in the NHL, you get a fine. You know, because it, it was premeditated, right? Like it was a premeditated. Yeah, listen, I mean, you can say did. that I mean, about a lot go, of things oh, that, of course that happen in hockey. But I, I, I'm with but you. Like, I mean, we're this we're is... advocating for that, and I think it's just it's ridiculous. Well, it, yeah, it's, it's, listen, it's... not everybody is. I shouldn't say everybody is. We're not, but hey. there are people that are advocating for 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 retribution and stuff like that. When but the NHL is essentially trying to say the exact opposite thing. I guess. How um. I mean, I, I, and I've said this earlier. I mean, like all these people that allegedly cover the league uh, and all 32 teams, yeah, it is obvious that they haven't watched probably two minutes of the Winnipeg Jets oh, this yeah. season. Yeah. Um, they've been the best damn team in the league since the 4th of November. We're now, that's two months. They're pushing for first in the West and first overall, right up there with Boston and, and, and New York. And listen, I, I'm not complaining this is the smallest market. That's the way things work. Yeah. But I ask you this. If this situation, if this is the same situation with the Minnesota Wild, and instead of the, um, in, uh, it, in, instead of it being the Jets, it was the Maple Leafs. And huh. who's one of the, the defense? I don't know. Giordano takes a couple shots at, you know, Caprice yeah. jockeying yeah. for, you know, in the corner. And does that, and he gets hurt. And then it goes out, and uh, you know Reeves has to fight uh, Middleton. And then off the draw, the next time it's Bertuzzi, uh, and Bertuzzi fights Maroon uh, and hangs in there with them. And then Hartman goes and does that to Mitch Marner. Yeah, 
or, or, or we'll put the Blackhawks. Someone just brought in a Connor Bedard. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a good, you know, a young player that's done absolutely nothing. And he's the one that gets in the face. How different is the discourse amongst national media if the roles are reversed and it's one of those guys and not Perfetti and not the Winnipeg Jets? Yeah, well, I think in Toronto, you're flying flags at half mast and having three days of mourning, right? If that happens there, because calling in the army for the well, next time, exactly, the, Wild exactly. the Red play. Cross would be coming in to hand out rations to Marner and and all that stuff. Make sure he's all bandaged up. Like we know, we we know exactly what it'd be like, right? Like it would be, like it would be a national travesty, right? Like that. That's the thing. We'd be talking about it in a different light. You know, I, I always find it funny every year. They're always like, "Well, Winnipeg's Canada's team," and we always hear that kind of discourse from Toronto. I always think it's so disingenuous because I don't think anybody actually thinks that's actually the case. But they're trying to they're trying their best not to say the Leafs, right? Um, but yeah, like I just think I think it's I think it would be way bigger. Um, I think we saw with some of the Connor Bedard stuff that already happened um, that it would be way bigger. Um, and and I don't think that the Jets would be the ones taking the brunt of what appears to be the blame for what Ryan Hartman did, like. It's almost like the Jets are, like it's almost like Ryan Hartman's almost the the victim being painted as a victim. Oh, by some, some people, people are doing like, that. Not like even Russo's tweet today. The oh, only thing was yeah. missing was snitches get stitches. I know, I know, and and I mean, you don't, you only have to read between the lines on those tweets to <laughs> understand where that. Like I, I like. Uh, I gotta I gotta keep my lips shut sometimes, but but I I think those types of things like. It's not our job as reporters to get in there and trying to advocate for one thing or the other thing, or even for the team that we cover, right? Like it's not my job, but 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 here, like I think we 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 should be defending Cole Perfetti, not because he plays, or at least my opinion, not because he plays for the Winnipeg Jets, but because he was high sticked illegally, and that was fined by the league. So you know that's an indiscretion that happened. And and then you the discourse since then has been well retribution and all that stuff and all, all things that would be illegal right we could call this essentially the instigator um, which is illegal in, in in the NHL and and so it, it's been like we we've been the last week or last few days we've been sitting here trying to justify what Ryan Hartman did even though the league doesn't justify it and and we're trying to make excuses for what Ryan Hartman did. And trying to be a Ryan Hartman sympathizer when, like, we have a guy who had to go get stitches, cut his face. Who knows what else could happen, right? If it wasn't off the draw, is Cole Perfetti getting drilled from behind like he has in the past? Well, imagine it, if he wasn't a wearing a mouth shot? guard. Just like, well, imagine know, yeah. if he wasn't and, wearing a mouth guard. Well, I mean, so he's getting a fully new grill. Right, and that, that's what I wonder, right? Like, so if, if, if I think it would have been better for Cole Perfetti, not obviously like in real life, but in the perception, public eye if he would have lost six teeth and been bleeding out of his mouth, because then I think you would have been like, oh, well, it only cost him a few stitches and there's not even that much swelling or whatever, you know, people are saying, right? Like, I think, I think it's insane that, it, again, most of the time, it's only a bad penalty in the NHL if somebody gets killed, right? Like, I mean, I think, and honestly, sometimes you wonder, based on some of the things that they don't call or they don't suspend or they don't fine or whatever, that what is it going to take before like this league and and people around the league that are talking about these things to, to to be like yeah like I mean we don't have to get to a point and the book maybe you know the code maybe should be thrown at a player 
that that does something like that. And but again, it's such a mess in terms of the way that these things are handled. There's no like there's no there's no right way to well, I, I, I should would say have said right that way, anyways. I would have said that anyways if there was someone that did that and they had never even met or talked to George Peros. For yeah. Hartman, who's been fined seven times and suspended three times and suspended earlier this season for slew-footing NSCO and got suspended for a cheap shot on a jet player at the end of last year. I mean, <clears throat> listen, we could talk about this for hours. Um, I will say this about, about Russo, though. Like, I'm... I was so I was so stunned. Okay, let's take the tinfoil hat off gone. now. Yeah. We're not talking about the wild anymore. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I mean, whatever. I've got an interesting spot here in this space. And, you know, because I have a different background, and I mean, I guess, yeah, technically kind of part of the media, but yeah. you know, the world's different right now. You can own it. And I think the authenticity that we bring on this show. People know where we're coming from. We're a Winnipeg show. We're supporting Winnipeg teams. We're doing all yep. that. Um, and I think people appreciate it and understand the difference between the job that you have working for the Sun or the guys at the Freep do um, or Marat at the Athletic, whatever. Yeah. Um, and there's a space for all of that, and it's just authentic and it's honest. Yeah. Uh, for for like Russo has been one of the most respected writers in the National Hockey League, the guy that covers the league overall. I have never been more flabbergasted at seeing a tweet come out from someone that has earned so much currency from fans to then come out. I mean, I was only half joking when I said that Russo's account has been hacked by an unhinged (laughs) wild fan because that's exactly the stuff that we've been hearing there. And I kind of get it from fans, whether you agree with it or or, or different. Um, but from a media side of things, that was... <laughs> it's just, it's not our job, huh? So, like, I mean, I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, that's sort of it, right? Like, it, it's not our job to, you know, we, we can have opinions, and I think that the media landscape has shifted a little bit towards that. I mean, even if you read what I write, I'll, you know, there, there's just, there's more opinionated. That's what mm-hmm. a lot of people like that sort of thing. Um, the reason why they tune into your show and other shows is, you know, you want to you want to talk about the things. You want to hear what somebody thinks about it. But but like uh, we shouldn't be blaming franchises for being dirty, and we shouldn't be whatever. Like it, we're not the player. Like it's like a coach getting involved in something that's going on on the ice between the players. Like it's just, and we hear a lot of coaches say it. It's not their place for the coaches to be doing that. And and it's just let the players deal with it. Let whatever. I, I think the problem here, I, I, th- I, I think, again, I think if the roles were reversed here, I'm not sure you'd be seeing the same sort of stuff coming out of here. If no. and, and, you know, The Jets don't have that all. sort of player either that really goes around and has the rap sheet no, not even close. That Ryan Hartman does, right? Yeah, exactly. So, like, not even close, not even close with the history of it. And just to end before we do get to an actual game that doesn't yeah. involve the seventh place team in the central division tonight. Um, this is a, uh, I, I mean, like the way that it's all come and kind of blown up. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, in some ways, like, I don't know whether the guys in the NHL offices are going, Hey man, this is good for business. Just wait till February 20th or not. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. But from, but from, from this perspective, that was, 
that was something that I think probably changed many people's opinions of uh, of some people that um, before had been thought of as um, you know pretty pretty well, down and, the line. And let's just let's just you know, let's make it clear here. Russo's a great reporter. You read his stuff, really in tune with a lot of stuff. Really nice guy too. On top of it. You know, we all make mistakes. I, I think that tweet was probably a mistake. I've made it before. I made it one with Connor Hellebuck in an article I wrote two years ago. Like, it happens, right? But I just, we shouldn't be advocating or trying to, just, you know, make something out to be less than it is when it's clear that it was what it was, right? And I think that's the problem here, or deflecting away from something that was... Hey, he'll, as, he'll earn some points. Whatever. He'll earn some, earn some points in the local market, I guess. Maybe that's what he's doing. Ooh, I see... Uh, the, the knee of KFC uh, has just popped in. We were waiting for this to uh, to drop. The dismantling of the former Winnipeg ice continues now that the uh, World Juniors oh, yeah. are uh, well, done. Savoy's uh, done. gone. Yeah, Savoy's yeah. going to Moose Jaw and Geeky is going to, uh, is going to Swift Current. Um, yeah. Hey, listen, before we break, let's quickly talk about this game coming up tonight. And I... Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it was interesting. I mean, I just brought this up with Brandon. I mean, what the, what was your reaction to seeing that, um, you know, that change swapping the top two centers of Shifley and Nemetsnikov is going to go into tonight? Uh, what do you think of the decision? And and knowing that it's Shifley and Perfetti really for the first time, yeah. Ehlers back with Nemetsnikov playing with Velarde has been great. Like, I'm actually pretty intrigued to see what uh, what comes out of this. It, and it, and it could be, be it could yeah. be short. I mean. Uh, you know, Bones can yeah. go back to it after the first period if he wants. Yeah, and this is this is honestly like you know, I think I think the last slate of games that these lines have been together might be the longest time that Rick Bonus has actually kept his lines together. I have to go back and double check that. I meant Dude, to look I, at that. I think it's the longest since the Jets have been here in 2011. Well, I, I I know, right? Like that's sort of what I like. That's the point I'm trying to make here is that I, I think he's been much more. Um, aware that I think teams or these some of these lines need a little bit more time to kind of get their bearings or whatever, letting certain guys figure it out. Um, but you know, that being said, the, the top line needs to start scoring again, right? They had their great run of games and 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 put up what it was like 30 some odd points in three or four games, whatever it was. Um, but now you know, it's gone a little dry, and I think this is a good time to try it. You're, you're playing a Sharks team that's won one game in the last 10. I get that the Sharks beat the Jets, and that was their only regulation loss in December and all that. Again, I think that game was a bit of an anomaly, and if you look at the Jets overall this season, we can say that confidently that it was an anomaly. Um, but I, I like the look of it because I like the idea of getting you know, a, a better look at what Shifley and Perfetti can do. Can Shifley, I, I My only thing there might be that there's just too many playmakers on that line and not enough shooters. We'll see what happens. But, you know, Nemestikov with, with Ehlers will be an interesting look, and they've played well together before. So you can go to that, right? So I, I, I like that. So we'll see what happens, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not entirely – yeah, we'll see if it lasts the whole game, if they go back to it. You know, if they start scoring, then what happens? Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the way we got the lines here. Yeah. There we are, so yeah. Ehlers, I mean, Nemestikov, just... and Velarde. Because I, I, I honestly think that Ehlers and Velarde play well together. And we know that Ehlers and Nemesikov played really well together at the end of last season um, and, and a little bit early on in this year. Um, but Ehlers, Ehlers uh, anyway, he obviously scored last game. Uh, his speed doesn't seem to be there as much as it was when he was starting to score a few more goals. So, Hey, let I'm, me I'm, ask I'm you this. Let me ask you this because this is interesting. We saw Mitch Clinton. Leave this up, Remus, if you would. 
Uh, Mitch Clinton had the lines, um, you know, Nemetsnikov, Ehlers, Velarde, Shifley, Perfetti, Ayafalo. Ken has them. Shifley, Perfetti, Ayafalo. Uh, is yeah. Shifley moved to the second line, or did they move yeah. both of Shifley's wingers to the second line? Like, who, well, who's the number one line tonight? Well, didn't I thought Mitch had a follow-up tweet saying that somebody went first. I just I don't have it in front of me. I thought Mitch had a follow-up tweet saying one of those lines went first in the rush, and I thought it was Shifley. One sec, um, I'll, I'll pull it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, but either way, um, I would imagine that Shifley's line is always viewed as the top line, right? I mean, that he's the number one center on the team, um, and that that would be how I would view it. Um, you know. Well, I guess we'll see. I mean, the, the second and third lines have always been in debate. Okay, here it is. Here's, here's, Mitch's, here's, here's Mitch's yeah, update. That was the one. I should say the Shifley trio with Perfetti went first in terms of which line skated first, but the yeah. Jets run lines out of both ends. So, Which is true, yeah, because <laughs> the one drill that they do in the pregame skate, it's two lines at each end and four and two defensive pairings at each end as well. Right, because they got Chisholm and, and Stanley that are not playing. Well, as they so. say, I mean, we're uh, we're, I mean, we're, we're having, probably we're having some hairs. fun. Yeah, we're <laughs> splitting hairs. Yeah. hairs. Um, um, yeah. Bottom line is, they uh, you know, hopefully, can get a little bit more puck luck than they had the last time that they were in San Jose. <laughs> yeah, um, because this, uh, listen, they've got a, a great opportunity here with the teams that are on the schedule for the next little bit. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, Dallas is playing Colorado tonight, as I mentioned, guaranteed three point game. Um, but at least, but at least yeah. you can make up a point on one of those teams if you get it done. Um, Scott, uh, you know what? Uh, this is a story that just won't go away. Uh, it's what the fourth of January. Yeah. I was just about to say, we got another five and a half weeks to beat this over the head. Well, uh, although what a game! As Remus good. mentioned, we weren't going to, but then with everything that happened on the national broadcast last night, and then. Russo entering the chat today. There was no doubt that this wasn't going to at least dominate the headlines on Winnipeg Sports Talk for at least one more day. Um, and rest assured, going into the 20th of February, um, this is going to be a, a big-time topic around, uh, around yeah. this program. Scotty, have an awesome one tonight. Enjoy the game. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, your reporting in the Winnipeg Sun coming up in the next Sounds few good. days. Yeah, appreciate it, Huss. Great tinfoil hat again today. Yeah. That was uh, that, that, that was for that was... fun, everybody. Uh, you know, people get think that it's maybe a little blurring the lines of professionality. There. Yeah, Jeff Tilbury just right into my just right into my uh, tweet as we go here. Love the foil hat today on uh, on WST. Um, great stuff. Anyways, listen, um, we've got lots more to uh, to get to uh, on the program. Um, the skate has finished up and. If you hang tight, we're hoping that we might have a little bit of bones. And I, I would imagine that there'll be some interesting audio um, based on everything that's happened over the last couple of days. Um, certainly the questions will be there. I know Kenny's on the ground and Ken will join us tomorrow uh, from Anaheim before the second night of the uh, of the back-to-backs. Um, Got to thank our friends at Royal Sports. Winnipeg's and Manitoba's number one sports superstore. If uh, if you if you've been waiting to figure out ah what jersey am I going to get, uh, I think we know the extensions were signed for fifty five and thirty seven. We've got some great new players in the lineup. One thing I can tell you for sure <clears throat> is you can get that jersey in any of the new versions that the Winnipeg Jets are rocking. 
at Royal Sports. Customize, name and number, favorite player, or your own, uh, much like you see at many Bomber games. <laughs> There's nowhere that you'll find more merchandise out for the Winnipeg Jets than Royal Sports. Thousands of pieces, including tons of exclusives you won't find anywhere else. Um, great Bomber gear as we look ahead to next season, as well as NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, international soccer, hockey, snowboarding, bikes for the spring. There's only one place you need to go when it comes to fan gear or sporting goods, and that is Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. Follow them on Instagram at um, Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And, hey, we got back-to-back games Thursday and Friday. Nine, 9.30 starts. Um, might be a good time to go out for a few with the gang and get together at your local Boston Pizza to watch the Jet game. No better place to gather with friends to watch the Jets than BP. And with these late games, we'll be able to hit the happy hour menu, which goes from 9 to 12 every night, as well as 3 to 6. And enjoy those ice-cold schooners, world-famous BP wings, gourmet pizzas, and more. And if you are staying at home tonight, you can always order online. and get it hot and fresh to your door from bostonpizza.com. Um, and if you're staying at home tonight or heading out to one of the games next week, don't forget Manitoba's favorite local beer, Little Brown Jug, is a great supporter of WST. And right now, you can find Generic Lager. They're hugely popular. Newest beer from the summer, available in eight packs of Tall Boys for $19.99 at your local beer store, liquor marts, or anywhere that sells great beer. And maybe the best place to go if you want a generic is down to the brewery and tap room on William Avenue. Try all the great beers, including many you can't find anywhere else on William Avenue at the brewery and tap room. Nothing better than a couple pints down at Winnipeg's favorite Little Brown Jug. Check them out online as well at littlebrownjug.ca. Oh, hey, and don't forget AEW is coming April 10th. Um, Waiting on those tickets for a couple of our winners Um, But I would say probably next week or so, we'll be doing another contest for some tickets to AEW. But if you are a wrestling fan, caught it last night, Winnipeg's own Don Callis right in the middle of everything again. Um, The uh, stars of AEW will be coming here on April 10th. And stay tuned to Winnipeg Sports Talk to win tickets to the event. All right. We're going to uh, get into our It Takes a Community to Play segment for Sport Manitoba. Brought to you by Manitoba Liquor Marts. Uh, We've spent a great time talking coaching for the last couple of segments. Today, we're going to be talking about volunteering and the difference that that can make in a community and uh, what uh, great guests we've got to talk about that. We'll look to see if we can get any Jets audio, including uh, head coach Rick Bonus. Um, While we play this, we hooked up with Stephen Seslak earlier today. So let's welcome him into the program for It Takes a Community to Play. We'll come back with a little bit more on the Jets and Sharks coming up tonight. But uh, here it is. It takes a community to play for Sport Manitoba. It's time on Winnipeg Sports Talk to get into our It Takes a Community to Play segment with Sport Manitoba, sponsored and supported by our friends at Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries. And uh, this is going to be a real fun one. We are going to welcome in, and let's do it right now, Stephen Seslak who is the Canada Games Legacy Fund Volunteer of the Year at the Sport Manitoba Night of Champions. And um, we know how important volunteering is in our community in so many different aspects of life. Um, But especially when we're talking about sports at a grassroots level, 
great things can happen thanks to volunteers and often things don't happen without people volunteering and Stephen's a perfect example of that. Stephen, welcome to uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk. It's great to have you on the program. How are you? Thank you very much. I'm doing very good. Thanks, Hustler. It is great to have you on the program. Now, um, you know, we'll talk a, a little bit about, you know, your experience, you know, as a volunteer before we talk about this um, amazing project that um, you sort of spearheaded for your community. Um, but you've been involved in, in, in minor ball um, in the LaSalle and McDonald area for, for well, probably up 10 years or so. Can you give us a little bit of a background of um, just your spot in that community and how you got involved first off as a volunteer and where it all started? Yeah, I moved out to uh, LaSalle about 10 years ago. Um, we had uh, had two kids out there, a boy and a girl, and uh, they started to get involved with baseball. Um, I passed, passed my uh, passion on to them and registered them early when they were three and four years old and get them playing in the learn to play program and instantly uh, became one of the coaches. And, and from there, it just grew um, from helping out and coaching, coaching the learn to play program. And then I joined the McDonald minor ball board um, as a community rep. Um, and then as I got into that, I realized that uh, the diamonds needed a little more work. Um, they could use uh, some upgrades. So uh, I looked at, at different ideas behind that and what could be done to help improve the diamonds. But also at the same time with the McDonald minor ball board, I then transitioned, um, into becoming the president of the McDonald minor ball program, uh, along with coaching. So I coached both teams, um, uh, for my boy and my girl. Uh, so coaching probably six nights a week and, uh, and then helping out on the diamonds and and trying to organize and and uh, upgrade those. You obviously have a ton of passion for the game and the community, um, and I guess when you're involved as much as you are with uh, you know with the kids, um, as well as kind of in an organizational aspect, um, very quickly you learn, like so many of our communities around the province are, that. <clears throat> I need to do a little work with the the venues or the the field of play, as you will. Um, take us back to what you guys were dealing with there in LaSalle um, and the vision for the Ball Diamond Project that uh, you spearheaded. Yeah, I guess looking all the way back um, from those early years, uh, one of the frustrations when I was coaching was um, we had just pound in uh, bases. And the ground was rock hard. You had to go into a secan to try and find a set of bases that had actual straps and pegs that you could put into the ground. And as I was doing that on a nightly basis, thinking there's got to be an easier way. It's There's a volunteer. We have volunteer coaches running the program as it is, putting in extra time. Mind you, they have to come in an hour to... 45 minutes before a practice just to go and find a full set of bases. So the project started early with looking at it and, uh, and coming up with the idea of putting in permanent, permanent, uh, bases, um, which was a big project, digging a whole bunch of holes and, and putting in the anchors at all different distances. Uh, but it made a huge, huge difference. It wasn't very noticeable to everyone, uh, because it was simply holes that we dug, put the anchors in and then buried them up. So anyone that came to the diamonds wouldn't even realize how much work was done, but all the coaches quickly realized how easy it is. Everything's measured out, set out, 
pull the plug out, um, put the base into the anchor and you're ready to go. So and that was really how, how the project started. Um, <laughs> you know, I have to laugh because it sounds, you know, it sounds like such a, a, a simple, obvious thing, but you know, once you make uh, an improvement like that, you kind of realize that there's a lot more potential to um, to take this to the next level. Um, once you got those bases in, it sounds like the ball started started rolling for more improvements. Um, um, fill us in on uh, where you guys took it from there. Yeah, so once we got the bases in, obviously we needed some uh, new infield dirt. We had a good base, but it was just rock hard. It was like playing on concrete, and it was a safety concern. So I went to the... Uh, Case Community Center board members um, and asked asked for a few funds to get some uh, additional dirt. Um, they agreed to it. Uh, didn't always get as much dirt as I needed to, but made do with what we did. And then uh, once we were able to do that, we showed I was able to show that some work was being done, and then the ball really started to roll. Then once it got that and, and people started to notice that the diamonds were in better shape, we started to host some tournaments. And basically, I came up with some some different ideas on what needed to be done. Um, temporary home run fences on some of the diamonds. Our small baseball diamond was in really, really rough shape. It was shaped like a ball. So anytime it rained, all the water sat on the infield and wouldn't drain off. Um, so... I started hosting uh, some softball tournaments, um, running 50-50s. I would sell a couple thousand dollars worth in 50-50s and start raising money that way. And then it just started to take off. And as I started to raise more and more money, obviously my ideas started to grow um, beyond just infield dirt to what else can be done. And as our program continued to grow, uh, with registrations on a year-to-year basis. Uh, we were short diamonds in LaSalle in the growing community already. So uh, I reached out to several different uh, companies around town uh, for sponsorship, uh, giving them diamond naming rights, um, and then just continued to fundraise. And then we we're lucky enough to receive some significant grants, one from the Jays Care uh, foundation that was in the total of $85,000. So once I got that, um, then we started, actually, we ripped one diamond completely apart and redid that baseball diamond. So the drainage would be proper. Uh, and then with the Jay's care money, uh, we actually built a new diamond on the same site that, uh, that we had it, existing soccer fields that we actually moved over um just to maximize the space that we had so we built a completely brand new diamond you know what it is uh it, i mean in sport manitoba if you go to the website and we'll uh, throw the uh, the link out in the chat um to see how this project developed it's uh i mean i think it's it got to be inspiring for so many communities i mean there obviously was a big need for it um and you started small continued to grow um and then you know like a stolo rolling down the hill you get some momentum and make some massive changes you mentioned what a growing community LaSalle is. Um, now, as we look forward to getting through these next couple months and getting back outside on the ball diamonds this year, how much of a di- of a difference has all of your work and the rest of the volunteers, the community coming together in this way, how much of a difference has it made for minor baseball in the McDonald area and, of course, LaSalle? 
It's very significant. Our numbers, our registration numbers continue to increase every year. Um, we are seeing a lot more excitement. Uh, we organize a winter, winter training. Um, I literally opened it up uh, one day for 9U through 13U. Uh, some of those age groups filled within half an hour. That's how, that's how much excitement there is now. And, and that's the way I look at it is you have good facilities like that. The kids enjoy going there. They really look forward to going to play on those facilities. Um, they have fun, build relationships and they talk about it at school and, and build new friendships. And, and then all of a sudden there's their buddies are coming out to play on it. And, uh, and have fun on it. So it's it's uh, growing significantly. The town is growing, but then also having having proper facilities has definitely increased the excitement. And and uh, our registration will be opening in February again, and we're expecting the number to continue to grow again this year. No, well, this is. I mean, it's you know fantastic, and especially at a time where you know so many kids uh, you know gravitate to iPads and <clears throat> playstations and whatnot i mean it's important to 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 get them out and expose this to them and i think we know all the benefits of of playing sports and activities from a social uh, aspect as well as physical activity for young people and how important it is and uh, it it doesn't happen without all of this work going in behind the scenes i, I mean listen we're kind of focusing on your work as spearheading this and that was um, you know, how you won that Games Legacy Award. Um, but you've been organizing, you've been a coach as well. Um, can you just speak to to people that might be, might have some time, that might be looking ahead to next year um, on the importance of not just yourself, but everyone that lends their time, whether they be volunteers for events, whether they be coaches. Um, certainly we can add in officials as well, although that's maybe in a little bit of a different aspect of all this. Just how important all of that commitment is from people that aren't technically playing the game um, to allow our kids to uh, participate, um, preferably on the great new facilities like you guys have come together to make in LaSalle. Yeah, it's it's very, very important. Um, it's really the key to the community. Um, you need volunteers to have a, have a successful community and successful programs, whatever sport it might be, not just baseball. But any sport, you need the volunteers to come out. Um, so those that are are showing interest or have a little bit of interest, any amount of time is a huge, huge help to people that are organizing. So really, just just reach out to whoever you possibly can to uh, offer to lend a hand, and uh, and they'll find they'll find ways to uh, to use your help because. Anyone out there that is is volunteering and running these programs, it takes a lot of time and effort. But realistically, everyone is doing it, in my mind, for the right reason. It's for the community. It's for the kids. It's to give back to whatever sport it is. And and that's where my passion is, baseball. So um, really, I just came up with a vision and an idea, um, and it grew from there. And it grew significantly more than I could have imagined as as they started to fundraise and, and receive grants. Um, but it just took off and, and, uh, take some time, take some effort, uh, a lot of work. Um, but at the end, it's very, very rewarding. Um, no not just the recognition, not just the recognition that I received from the awards, which is very nice. That's not expected at all. 
Um, but it's just rewarding to to now drive by those diamonds and see them packed every single night um, being used. It, it gives me chills down my spine when I drive down the highway and I see a tournament going on and, and uh, the kids out there having fun, um, gaining a passion for, for the sport. So if, uh, if you have time and a chance, definitely reach out to help. Well, and, and, and I mean, it's a great way to sort of finish this off because, um, you know, we know the uh, the effects and that is, I mean, there's the legacy uh, award. I mean, there is a legacy there of all of that work that'll be there for the community for a long time. But uh, I mean, aside from the ball diamonds as well, just as an organizer and the coach for people that are volunteering, you know, initially, um, how do you have a bit, the benefits to you of being a part of that sort of thing and the benefits of volunteering in general? Um, for people that might be thinking about um, you know, spending a little bit of time to give a hand in some aspect of uh, of sport at a grassroots level. Yeah, it just gets you involved. It gets you active. Um, I know a lot of kids around town now because uh, I've coached them. Just simply being involved, right? Um, and from there, we've also, our kids uh, have made a lot of friends. Um, and now we have connections around town and have grown our group of friends uh, throughout town just because you get to meet more and more people. And the, the sporting community is is so small at the end of the day uh, that you get to meet people from all organizations uh, all over the city. So it's very beneficial there. And I get out and get exercise and, and get active as opposed to uh, – as opposed to just sitting around, right? So it's it's a healthy, healthy lifestyle that way. Not just the kids that are getting out and doing no. something. <laughs> it's everyone involved. <laughs> Stephen Seslax, the Canada Games Legacy Fund Volunteer of the Year from the Sport Manitoba Night of Champions uh, as part of our It Takes a Community to Play series here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Go to the Sport Manitoba website for more information on sports that you have a passion for and other volunteer opportunities. Stephen, congratulations on uh, the award, but more so congratulations for um, everything that you and your team and your community have built out in LaSalle. Um, there truly will be a legacy from all of that. Uh, this. And uh, good luck this season when uh, it's time to play ball. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you very much, Hustler, and I uh, I re- would like to thank you for uh, filling the void of Winnipeg Sports Talk also um, for all us junk sports junkies out there. So thanks very much. Keep up the good work. Hey, I appreciate it. And, uh, of course, even, you know, the award was amazing. Even if you had to spend a few minutes with our old pal Matt Liable, the rabbi, is sending <laughs> things out. He's, of course, involved in the Sport Hall of Fame. Um, uh, hey, listen, all the best going forward, and uh, maybe we'll see you out at the Diamond sometime this year. Thanks again, Stephen. Sounds good. Thank you. That's another edition of It Takes a Community to Play, brought to you by Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries on Winnipeg Sports Talk. <clears throat> All right, appreciate Stephen jumping on with us today. Um, great conversation about the uh, you know, just how important volunteering is to you know every aspect of grassroots sports in uh, in our province. We got a great one coming up, big uh, Manitoba Games coming up in uh, Dauphin next week. I'm looking forward to uh, continuing our conversations. And a big thanks to Manitoba Lotteries for their support of Sport Manitoba as well. Keeping an eye on the World Juniors here. I'll be honest. We've been uh, having such fun and heated conversations on the program. I uh, sort of assumed that I'd check the score and the USA would be running away with it, but they were, in fact, down 2 nothing. They have now 
tied the game up at two. And did they just go ahead, Reem? Did they? Oh, uh, yes. I have there's it on a here lot now. Of, and I see there's our guy, Rutger. He's on the ice. He's in the middle of it. 3-2 right now. <clears throat> I think it was Jimmy Snuggerud. I could be wrong that just scored that. But 3-2 uh, USA with 3-12 left in the third period. Sweden has already advanced to the final. So um, I think I said, hey, if it's not going to be Canada... Let's get a USA-Sweden final and get a chance to see um, Elias Salmonson, Rucker McGrory, and Fabian Wagner all in the gold medal game. We'll keep an eye on that. Um, but hey, obviously got a little away from the business side of things for the Jets tonight. And that is keeping on their winning streak uh, in San Jose in the Shark Tank where they last lost a game in regulation. Um, the team skated in the morning out there, um, which just kind of wrapped up a couple hours ago. It's a 9.30 start tonight. Um, we'll get to the cool bet lines. Busy, busy night in the National Hockey League in just a minute. But as promised, Remo doing the work behind the scenes has gotten Rick Bonus cut up. And uh, we've got some bones. So uh, right off the bat, let's hear from Rick Bonus on the uh, the line swap. And whether you want to talk swapping wingers or swapping centers, Nemetsikov and Shifley playing with um, the wingers they finished the game with against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Here's what Bones had to say on that. Well, we'll see where it goes. Uh, listen, there's, we know there's a history with Nick and Vladdy. It's been good. So making that switch the other night was easy. Uh, and, and Cole played a lot with Mark last year. And Mark played with Alex. So we'll start that way. We can flip-flop them at any time during the course of the game if we don't like what we're seeing. So that was an easy switch just because they're both they're all familiar with, with each other. Um, there's bones on that. And, and I'll say, you know, he did mention that, you know, Cole played with Mark some last year. I want to see 2023 or now 2024 Cole Perfetti play with 2023, 2024 Mark Shifley tonight. Both players in a very different place than they were last year. Um, should be interesting. That'll be something we'll definitely be paying attention to when the puck drops tonight, just after 9.30 Winnipeg time. Um, as I mentioned... The Sharks have lost nine in a row in regulation. Their last win happens to be the Jets' last regulation loss. Here's what Bones had to say about the last visit to San Jose. Well, we didn't like our start. I thought we were terrible the first 10 minutes. Uh, we gave up nine scoring chances in the first period against them here last time. Some, we've had games that we didn't give up nine. So it, it started slow. After that, we played really well. Their goalie was really good. It was disappointing to lose that game with a late power play goal against us. But we have to play better. Listen, any team in this league can beat any other team on any night. So um, regardless what their record is right now, where they stand, you got to give them full most uh, respect because they've got a good team over there and they're well coached and they're going to come at us. Um, one thing the Jets would love to do is uh, get up in this game, get off to a good start. Um, here's what he said to say about um, the, the keys to getting off on the right foot tonight. 
Preparation is always the same. There's another team out there. Sometimes they're just a little bit on top of their game. It's just that we can, we're not going to go and control every, every first period. We're not. Nobody is in this league. So it's, what's important there is identifying, okay, this is what we're not doing well. Let's make the adjustments here and get going again. Uh, I mean, they came out flying at us here last time, so you give them credit. that they were, so they were ready to go, and we were a little bit off. Yeah, but that's going to happen some games. So the most important thing from that is, okay, this, this is what we're not doing well. Let's start doing these, make some adjustments, and get the guys going again. Um, Jets head coach Rick Bonus uh, post morning skate tonight, heading into the Shark Tank for this late one tonight for a Winnipeg. Um, you know, it, it's funny. I mean, you know, when a team, you know, now people, a few people are actually noticing what the Jets are doing, whether it's because of the nonsense with the Wild or the fact that they've been the best team in the league for two months. I'm not sure. But it's nice to hear Rick Bonus's name mentioned in the Jack Adams conversation with the way things are going. Um, and he certainly deserves to be there along with a few other um, very worthy candidates. Um, but Bones was asked about some of the on-ice changes he made to the team when he took over as Jets head coach. On the ice, we had to, we had to tighten it up. We had to tighten it up. We had to get our defense a lot more involved in the attack. But which, uh, uh, they missed the playoffs the year before, and we thought there was way too many scoring chances, way too many uh, time wasted in their zone. So we had to clean our the defensive zone up. We had to clean up the breakouts, and then we had to get our defense a lot more involved in the rush so we would spend less time in our zone and spend more time in the offensive zone. All right, a little more from Rick Bonus. Um, uh, obviously, the team has been one of the best in the National Hockey League all year long, particularly in the last couple months, a record-setting December. Here's Bones on how the Jets are playing this season coming into tonight's tilt. Our team game right now has been really good all year. It really has, and that's a tribute to the players. Uh, they've bought in. They have, and uh, we've got great leadership in that room, and we have full buy-in from everybody every night, and that's why we are where we are in the, on the defensive side of the puck. But uh, our team game has been real. There's only been one game that I remember that we, we had no chance of winning, and that was early in the year against L.A. It was a 5-1 loss. That's been it all year, and we're at 36 games. So to be able to stand here and say that, you know your team has bought in pretty much says it all and uh, many of us uh, remember that game against LA not a great way to start off the season at home and well, I mean they did win the home opener but went away and then came back for that game um, but um, it has been a bit of a juggernaut basically for the last 30 plus games um, playing very very well one more from Rick Bonus, and this is on Connor Hellebuck who I expect We'll hear his name tonight when uh, the National Hockey League announces one all-star from every NHL team um, to go to the midseason classic in Toronto. Um, uh, but Connor Hellebuck right at the top of that list on, uh, I'm sure, most people's um, uh, lists, if you will. Here's Bones on Helly and uh, his season coming into tonight. And give Wade Flurry a lot of credit because early in the year when things weren't going as, as good, Flats they went to work and 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 uh, Connor <laughs> went to work and practice and video and everything else and now he's playing to the standards for, that he sets for himself. Like he has very high standards. He's an elite goalie. He's an elite competitor and an elite worker. And you put all those things together, you're getting the elite goaltender, and that's what it takes to be at the level that he's playing at right now. Uh, there it is, Bones on uh, on Helly. He'll get the start tonight. We expect LB will be back in tomorrow uh, against the Anaheim Ducks. 
Um, and you know what, Reem? Uh, speaking of the Ducks, did you see Lucas Dosta last night almost single-handedly beat the Leafs? Yeah, I mean, we had talked yesterday how the Leafs seemingly, when they're huge favorites, they don't really win that often. And it was looking like it was going, you know, I saw a lot of Leafs fans tweeting, what's the record for most saves in a shutout? But, but you know, scoreless, uh, they ended up scoring and they ended up winning in overtime. But a huge performance there last night by Dostal with the Ducks. Only two games last night, so hard not to pay attention. Yeah, 55 saves on 57 shots. I think Austin Matthews had 20 shot attempts and 12 of them on net. Finally won an OT. And uh, we're 2-0 and with the cool bet play of the day um, after taking the Ducks puck line last night because we know the Leafs have won a lot of games, but they rarely win in regulation. So taking the Ducks plus one and a half paid off last night. Looks like USA is on to the gold medal game. It'll be USA and Sweden tomorrow and we'll hit that up on uh, on Winnipeg Sports Talk tomorrow. Well, speaking of uh, that cool bet play of the day, let's head over to the cool bet lines for tonight. And if you like to bet on hockey, you're in business tonight because there are 13 games in the National Hockey League. Uh, only two yesterday, but a full slate tonight. And, of course, the Jets back at it tomorrow as well, uh, taking on a very busy, busy week coming out of the Christmas break. Let's run them down tonight. We start off just after six. The Penguins are in Boston. Take on the Bruins. Bruins minus 140 favorites. Sabres minus 140 favorites on the road in Montreal. Christian Dvorak, by the way, out for the season for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, the Blackhawks are the biggest underdog of the night. And the Rangers, the biggest favorite. Blackhawks plus 335. Rangers minus 426. Um, Philly is at home to take on the Blue Jackets. Flyers lay in minus 193 as the home favorite. Big matchup in the Central Division. I've said all, all show long. I fully expect this to be a three-point game just because. Avalanche in Dallas to take on the Stars. Avs plus 102. Dallas minus 120. Uh, I know we've talked a lot about the Wild. They are decimated right now. Jared Spurgeon now onto the IR. And the Lightning may only have had five defensemen against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, but the Wild are missing far more than just Kirill Kaprizov. Lightning minus 127 favorites in Minnesota. The Wild plus 108. Calgary's in Nashville to take on the Preds. Preds minus 119 favorites. The Canucks minus 158 road favorites in St. Louis. The Islanders taking on the Coyotes. And the Islanders are favored in this one. Minus 119. Coyotes plus 102. Uh, Senators and the Kraken. Going at it in Seattle. Kraken coming off that 3-0 shutout with Joey Decord. Getting the first ever Winter Classic shutout. Seattle's minus 121 faves. Ottawa plus 103. Big one tonight in Vegas. Vegas has been struggling. Um, the Panthers are hot. Florida is a road favorite. Taking on the Stanley Cup champs at minus 116. Vegas basically even money at minus 101. Couple 930 games as well, including the Jets. Detroit and L.A., the Kings are minus 192 favorites. Detroit, plus 162. And then the Jets laying minus 278 as big road favorites. The Sharks, plus 230. And uh, minus 110 on the puck line. For the Jets to win by two, it is minus 106. As far as some goal props for tonight's game, Mark Shifley, plus 142. Ehlers, plus 154 
Gabe Velarde plus 165. Nino Niederreiter plus 225. Where's Cole Perfetti here? Uh, Perfetti plus 295. Playing with Shifley Ream? Yeah, I was going to say Nemestikov. Isn't he on Nemestikov on the top line now? I like the conversation. Which one moved up? Which one moved down? Either one. Yeah. Nemestikov's been hot. You see that power play goal he scored? That was a beauty. On, on the weekend? Man, so. Well, not to mention setting up Ehlers. Um, Nemestikov's plus 340. Perfetti plus 295. And as we mentioned, Nikolai Ehlers plus 154. Uh, you can check that out. There's shot props as well. And, you know, we had a fun, uh, it was a fun day today in the lock shop because we had so many hockey games to get through. We kind of went through all the games, looked at the games that we liked uh, liked the most. Um, so we put together a three-gamer. We got a nice number on it too. Uh, Tampa Bay over the Wild, Vancouver over St. Louis, and Vegas to beat Florida. When we put it in in Coolbet, it was plus 481. The guys have given us a nice boost to plus 550. So that's available for you with the boost in the Coolbet exclusives on the Lockshot Partner Parlay. Um, so we'll lay a quick wager on that one while we do it and get it in before we move the line. Uh, we've also had a really good run with Rod Z and uh, Mark, who's a WST regular. Um, with some of our listeners picking shot props. So we've got the nasty chat parlay. Rupee hints, three or more shots tonight. Brady Kachuk, four or more shots tonight. And Nikolai Ehlers, four or more shots tonight. Ehlers has gone over that in seven of the last nine. And San Jose gives up the most shot attempts in the league. Uh, we've got a nice boost on that one too. Plus 750. So uh, if you like the chat parlay, plus 750, or the Lock Shop Partner Parlay. Both there for you with a nice boost in the Cool Bet exclusives. And there is a Lock Shop, obviously, you know, doing it with the guys in Edmonton. Um, for any of you Oiler guys or big-time Connor McDavid fans that think that he is taking the game to another level, he's got 903 points uh, career. He has played, I think, well, there's 36 games of the season. So he's got 49 games left in the year. Can he get to 1,000 points by the end of the season? Uh, that's now at plus 480. It was plus 500 when it dropped a couple weeks ago. So that's another lock shop exclusive that's there. Um, you could have, I get the Oilers don't play again until Saturday. So you've got some time to get on that. But as far as for tonight's games, Tampa, Vancouver, Vegas is our Lock shot partner parlay that's boosted to plus 550. And uh, rupee hints three or more, Kachuk four or more, Brady Kachuk, that is, and Ehlers four or more shots up to 750. This is uh, you know, after a, a, a light night last night, Reem, watching a little bit of hockey, doing some power washing, a little bit of uh, a little racing. Okay. Wait, now do you, it's do you fire up the power wash simulator? Yeah, wash my whole van. I'm you ready did the to go. I did the van. Um, I'm onto the backyard now. It's hard. Yeah, so that's the thing. I kind of learned it. I got it done. I had 99%. I could not understand where oh. on my bumper okay. uh, I was not getting it washed. But um, I, I got it done. 
I learned a little bit more about the do's and don'ts of power washing, and uh, now I'm ready to hit the backyard. I might do that after the show before the games yeah. get started at 6. If you hit the right button on your D-pad, it'll show you the dirty spots uh, that you missed. So it's, it'll, like, uh, highlight them for you. Yeah, okay, it's funny. I don't know. I guess I was trying everything because I hid that a couple times, and then yeah. I forgot how I did it. And oh. I was a little bit right. So, around. yeah, for people who don't know what we're talking about, we showed at the end of the show yesterday, I've been playing this game on Xbox, a Power Wash Simulator. And uh, we're going to have to, you can team up, so we'll have to team up. And T Will says, How do you power wash a backyard? Well, it has everything out of power. It's the whole thing. It's filthy. It's filthy. The fence, the doghouse, the chair, the table, the grass, uh, the rocks in the pond there. Whole thing. So I've like done like half of it. It's taken me a while. I just put on a podcast and and go to work. But uh, <laughs> but you, you hit up Forza also. Yeah, I'm loving the Forza. That is such a fun game. And I just basically played the career mode. So I'm just jumping in whatever cars they give me and driving around. Uh, a lot of fun. I think tonight I might also check out the. Uh, I might check out the Goat Simulator. I'm very mm-hmm. intrigued by this game. I watched the trailer. I've installed it, but I have not yet tried it. So um, there might be some Goat Simulation, but there definitely is going to be some power washing before the game tonight. Okay, we need. To, yeah, we got to do a stream and just we should just do the show one day, one of those slow days while we're just uh, while we're just power washing. Apparently, Matthew Iwanek. Uh, on EST, Edmonton Sports Talk, was ripping us for enjoying Power Wash Simulator. Come on. Come on, I want to, you know, hey, sometimes it's, uh, hey. I hadn't played it before, but it was uh, it was fun. It was peaceful. It was relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, I mean, listen, there's a lot of people in real life that go into the backyard and wash stuff or they're washing clean cars because they like to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, just doing it virtually. You know, some people like to go out and play, like, uh, Call of Duty or something. That's a little violent. But I like that feeling of pulling a trigger. And, like, why play something like Call of Duty when I can pull the trigger and power wash a fake yeah. backyard? That's way more I fun. I suck at Call of Duty and all the killing same, games. Same. It's very, very violent. T-Will, Goat Simulator has been around forever. What about Goat Simulator 3? Because that's, that's I never... where I'm going right now. I, I, I wasn't aware that there were two other ones. Um, an unlimited oh. goodie game. Good trick from Schickster. Buy soaps for some of the tougher things like windows or stone. See, oh, you can. This is. I I didn't know you could buy them. I thought they just like appeared in your in your equipment list. So I'll have to check that that out. Yeah. Well, the- I made a, I made one hundred and fifty bucks for washing the van. So um, I do have some cash. Maybe I will buy some soap before we hit the backyard. Ooh, THP Power says, how does the wife feel about you cleaning on a video game and not the real house? <laughs> not, not great. <laughs> not, oh, man, great line. That's an awesome way to end the show. Um, this has been another wild one. Uh, and thank God we've got a game to talk about tomorrow uh, and a game to watch tonight. Um, tomorrow will be a big show. Ken will join us. In Anaheim, uh, obviously, we'll break down everything that happened tonight against the Sharks, get ready for the game against the Ducks, look ahead to the rest of the trip in uh, Arizona on Sunday. Um, and Pagnotta's going to jump on tomorrow, hey, Reem? Um, the yes. fourth period, they're sniffing around kind of trade-wise. Always fun to get what Dave and the guys are uh, hearing around the league. They had reported that the Jets were sort of in on or sniffing around the Calgary Flames on Lindholm and Tanev. 
So we'll definitely ask about that. And uh, everything else happening around the league, we'll get Hacksaw in here. Um, and a big lock shop tomorrow, one final week of the regular season. So if you want to jump in there at noon, um, we'll be breaking it down and doing our best bets for the weekend in the National Football League. Yeah, week 18, weird week. It's like half preseason, half, you know, a lot of teams need to win or half make playoffs. the playoffs. Yeah, it's so <laughs> weird. So if you are playing and you're doing any uh, gambling on what props and stuff, you've got to know who's in the lineup. So pay attention uh, this weekend, big weekend, week 18. You got it. All right. Uh, hey, thanks to uh, Brandon Rewicki. Thanks to Scott Billick, uh, who uh, jumped on the program today. And, uh, of course, Stephen Seslak, who was uh, part of our Sport Manitoba Takes a Community to Play segment, brought to you by Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries. We will be back with you tomorrow, 1 p.m., live on YouTube, full recap of tonight's game against the San Jose Sharks. And, Another game day addition is the Jets going back-to-back in California with a quick flight to Southern Cal and the Duck Pond after tonight's game in the Shark Tank. Um, Have a great one, everyone. Happy power washing, (laughs) whether you're doing it in real life or virtually. And um, enjoy the game tonight. We'll see you tomorrow, 1 p.m. right here on WST. Thanks to our sponsors and all of you for making us a part of your day. Take it easy. Oh, my God. Shut it down! Let's go home! Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.